Resident Evil, colon, welcome to Raccoon City, released November 24th, 2021. Yet another residential evilness. I'm Dylan Vento. This is where you introduce yourself, Alex. Oh, I, I'm... I've been in Wardcraft mode where you like announce me. Okay, hi, I'm Alex. <laughs> I forgot we do things differently over here. <laughs> uh huh. In the subtract mode. Alex, what's your last name? Damrath. Okay, great. We got that out of the way. Uh, Alex, what did you think of Resident Evil colon Welcome to Raccoon City? A reboot, a remastering of sorts of the the Resident Evil uh, 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 cinematic universe. Well, let's say out of all of the movies I've had to watch for this podcast, this is the only one so far that I maybe start to consider the thought of possibly rewatching. Wow. Wow. What else have we had you on? We had you on for the first Resident Evil and the Monster Hunter movie. Yep. So you just you just our Mon- Ca- Monster Hunter movie. Right. Yeah. So you just start Capcom boy through and through. Yeah, that's what I've ended up being. I don't know uh, how that happened, but uh here we are. Yeah. Um I'm going to level with you, Alex. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. This is a bad movie. Oh yeah, I, I just I, I won't disagree. <laughs> I, I just stepped out of the theaters. I just watched this nary an hour ago, and it's not good. It's not good. There are parts where you're like, "Oh, this could be something," and then it just immediately just nose dives again. Like, no, Mm-mm. yeah, like Britney Spears playing while a flaming zombie kind of lurches through a hallway or yeah yeah things like it's it's so bizarre (laughs) yes it's like both very uh dedicated to the source material and then it's it's like it thought it only had to nail that right and I think this is a similar criticism to like the Sonic movie where it's yep. like, oh, as long as Sonic looks good, everything else is gravy. As long as, you know, you got the, the red field, you got your red fields, you got your Leon S. Kennedys, you got, got your, your Jill Valentine. You got your Jill Valentine, you got your Albert Wesker, everything. You got it, you got your T virus. Your, your Chief Irons, your your Vickers, your uh I'm sorry, uh Richard Aiken. Is there is there a Richard Aiken? <laughs> is uh, there a Richard Aiken in the house? Is that, uh, was what that is the this other Alisa, stars member? Elisa Trevor? Yeah, so um, when they first showed the stars members, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but when they first showed these these stars guys and they got them in the, the, in the precinct and everything, talking about how they're about to head up to the mansion, uh, I saw the actor who plays Richard Aiken and thought, oh, hey, it's Barry. 
Like, you know, he, he had the vibe. Every character has like the vibe down, right? The yeah, actors yeah, don't necessarily yeah, yeah. look at like them, but they act like them. And like, that was enough for me. I and, think, I think the Leon casting was particularly good. I, yes. I, I, I liked him. Uh, uh, I liked that Leon, no matter what he looks like is still just like the, the hopeless idiot. And, and I big fan, big fan. Anyway, um, I saw the guy who plays Richard and I was like, it's Barry. Um, and then he gets eaten in the mansion and, and you hear Chris go Richard. And I was like, wait, who's Richard? <laughs> um, turns out Richard did exist in the original, uh, 1996 resident evil one, um, uh, as well as the resident evil one remake. Uh, but I, I just completely blocked him out. And I think more to the point, there's no Barry in this movie. There's no Barry. Uh, so the, yeah, no, no Barry or Alice Chambers, which I guess, uh, I don't know. They didn't want too many people surviving this this movie because they had to cram Resident Evil one and two into it, uh, and that means yeah. having like four or five survivors, and they couldn't do seven. That can't have a horror movie where like that many people walk away, you know. When you said Alice Chambers, do you mean Rebecca Chambers? Maybe I do. Because I... Alice is the is Mila Jovovich's character in the other Resident Evil movies. Well, she's like a different Alice. I think Alice Chambers is like your the person you run into every once in a while if you go through like the Chris story in Resident Evil One. Um, I think th- I think that's Rebecca Chambers. It doesn't matter. It like, might be I, Rebecca these, Chambers. These are these are tertiary characters, right? But and yes. they don't matter to this movie. Like yes, they, but, they but don't you, come up. <laughs> to your point, to your point, yes. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is a fusion of Resident Evil One, Resident Evil Two, basically a, a simplified retelling, which as someone that gets most of their Resident Evil lore information via these fantastic films, I am <laughs> I am also I am very uh confused in terms of like timeline geography because like resident evil one takes place in the mansion mm-hmm. um and and there's like a, a research facility of sorts but it's not like on the scale of what's in the first the mila jovovich resident evil movie but it is like they they are doing zombie experimentation there Ra- Raccoon then, city yeah is is the home to biological experimentation on behalf of the umbrella Cor- corporation right uh yeah but is the in 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 the games is the mansion also outside like in the outskirts of raccoon city is that yes game accurate okay clay arclay mountain something like that okay okay so so that so that is accurate that makes the 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 geography here makes sense it's Mm -hmm. not un un uh it's not impossible for these people to travel between raccoon city and in the mansion okay okay um but yeah man so like they they i feel like for the most part they nail so much of the game in mm-hmm. terms of like setting and characters and whatnot but then the writing is just atrocious they are that this is an r-rated film mm-hmm. and they are going to use that for every penny it's worth because they're, they're gonna put so many f words into this script man i have never heard so many characters say fuck for <laughs> no good reason other than it's r-rated film we're gonna say fuck like leon 
for a good like 10 minute time span within the movie leon's every other word is fuck yeah and that he, is not he, like, exaggeration. He mutters it under his breath when he's locking up the gates. He like screams it when he's shooting a zombie for the first time. Uh, he's he's like always exasperated, always tired of this bullshit. Just fuck this, fuck that. Yeah. Uh. So let's get into this film. Sure. Um. At the beginning here, this is a new release, so you know I'm obligated to say spoiler warning. We're obviously gonna spoil the entirety of this film if you care uh and which you shouldn't but (laughs) (laughs) this is your out um so movie starts uh we start in uh the raccoon city orphanage the raccoon city orphanage which they don't do a establishing shot until a couple minutes in but this establishing shot for the orphanage is the most garish establishing shot like most crass like ridiculous like it looks like you know when they do you know in like batman cartoons when they establish like joker's lair and it's always like a fun house or like a abandoned carnival or amusement park and it's got like a like the entrance is like a joker face with like a giant smile that you walk through to go inside the premises yeah it's it's on that scale where because like it's it's like this kind of uh dutch angle shot of this like arch arched entrance way that says raccoon city orphanage and then it's got like a bunch of like fun house like little animals painted on the gate and the in the wall and stuff right abstracted but it's all like dark and gloomy and dingy and it's all it's always it's, raining it's raining it, right yeah it's raining the entirety of this film which is <laughs> is not a cheap thing to do from what i understand in movies like you need a lot of rain machines for that kind of shit yeah but I, it's so I, ridiculous you want to know the fun thing tell me what's the uh, fun thing what's the fun thing in this movie alex <laughs> all right so that that well how that gate looks right uh at least in the remake 100 percent game accurate great fantastic I, i'm glad yeah. the only thing that so, isn't at this point is uh the fact that chris and claire are, like grew up in this orphanage that is not true. right um, uh yeah so so we go we go into the orphanage and it is um child chris and claire redfield uh bunking together in you know kind of a traditional orphanage bedroom where it's like lines and lines of bunk beds um there's like a woman uh i don't know if she's supposed to be like the night orderly or something that's like out in the hallway watching golden girls watching golden girls small tv (laughs) this movie is obsessed with its uh because not only is it you know it it tries to be game accurate up to the fact that it takes place in 1998 like the original game so it, and it's oh my god like the, their references like to make to ensure you know that they're in the 90s it they get egregious they get egregious but we can get to those so chris and claire redfield they're they're kids they're living in this orphanage um they're sleeping in a bed together even though it's not allowed uh because claire is scared of something that keeps visiting her in the middle of the night right she is uh awoken by these kind of gnarled grotesque fingers just kind of like running themselves across her face and then she's just like (gasps) 
and then like she doesn't see a thing. Actually, she sees like a visage of something in the corner of the room, and then she like goes to wake up Chris, and Chris is like, "You're making shit up." <laughs> <laughs> this eight year old being like, "What the fuck?" Uh, and like, there's nothing over there. It's like go back to sleep. Um, or the you know, if you make too much noise, they're gonna come in and split us up again. Um. So she tries to go back to sleep. She is uh, awoken again, I believe, and she kind of uh, she sees drags her s- this creature. Yes, and follows it. Yeah, yes. She like drags herself out of bed and like goes down the hall and like up a flight of stairs. And there's like a a classroom or something uh, with like playroom. A, it's it's yeah. got like a tent in it. Right, and she goes up to the tent, and she the just kind of hears horror trope of a tent in the middle of your home for some reason. This is like not the first time I've seen this, not even sure. the second or third, and I'm still like wondering, like, who puts a tent in their house? <laughs> now I'm just thinking of that uh, SNL skit where they uh, it's a um, uh, Wes Anderson horror movie trailer oh. that they make up, yeah, and it and it's it's Ed Norton as Owen Wilson, and he's like come on, let's go to the panic room. And it's just a tent in the middle of their living room. Right. <laughs> it's just like a thing in horror movies to have a tent in your house for a scary thing to end up in there for some reason. And it, and I think just at this point, people need to stop putting tents up in their house. Yeah. You're, like, just, you're, you're just, just, you're inviting a monster to be waiting in there when <laughs> right. the lights go out. You're begging for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she walks up to it and uh, there's like this kind of gnarled creature kind of hunched over and like, breathing erratically and whatnot it's like ooh, sp- spooky is what's that gonna be and you never get a, like a good look at it um for most of the movie and claire in her innocent childlike wonder is like what's your name who are you and the creature just kind of like uh, uh extends one of its wrists and it has like one of those kind of hospital bracelets that you wear as a patient and it has on the name uh is it Lisa Trevor? It is, is that Lisa Trevor. Lisa Trevor. Which I, I actually have her wiki open right now. Uh, right, because this is a pre-existing character. Right, uh, which I didn't know. And I actually thought this movie was off to a horrible start because admittedly, Raccoon City Orphanage is a real place that has a pretty real stake in the story. Um, Chris and Claire were never there before uh, the whole all, all the shit went down. Um, and I had never heard of Lisa Trevor. Uh, turns out Lisa Trevor is in the remake of Resident Evil 1, which I mm. actually have not played. Um, I've played the originals, the original trilogy uh, from the 90s, 1 through 3. I've played 2 remake, I've played 7 and 8, and I've played the Revelations and a bit of 4. And like that's yeah. kind of it for me. So, So this character was like, that's not real. And then I went home and looked her up and was like, what? <laughs> And I believe she's also she was also in the Umbrella Chronicles, which is probably where they pulled her from when they did the yes. uh, remake for one. But yeah, so it's this character in um, Claire kind of like befriends her, and and you know just kind of gets a change. It's like uh, she's like, "Where do you live? Where 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 are you from?" And she kind of like Lisa grasps for a piece of paper and like scrawls on it with a crown and it just says below it's like she's from below and it's like oh that's that's kind of that's not that's, ominous at all yeah that's gnarly <laughs> um and then uh 
Before she can realize where her new friend has gone, she is startled by one William Burke, Birkin. Yes, played Um, by everyone's favorite actor that will never say no to any project, Neil McDonough. (laughs) (laughs) We will see Neil McDonough no less than four times on this podcast. Yeah, uh, I, I have to... I have to say, uh, I think my exact notes were, this movie is full of actors that you only kind of sort of recognize. <laughs> like, like just a bunch of people that you're like, where is he from again? You know? Like, it's it's a bunch of those. He's Dumb um, Dumb Dugan. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone Whoa. loves Dumb Dumb Dugan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've, I've absolutely am familiar with that. Um, I'd say for me, it was uh, the guy who plays Wesker is uh space boy from the umbrella chronicles netflix series yeah um, that stuck that's the one that stuck out to me at first and then i spent the rest of the movie trying to figure out who um who vickers is the the helicopter pilot mm. only to realize he's like one of the three main guys from letter kenny oh, um, <laughs> that's pretty good yeah uh, uh <laughs> jill valentine uh is ghost from the second ant-man movie that's where she's from okay yeah because i was wondering i was like you're really familiar too yeah um i couldn't tell uh uh who else um uh irons i irons seemed familiar but i couldn't tell you yes he seems like uh he seemed i think he's a comedian uh but i can't i can't place him but donald uh, logue but anyways, so anyway. Neil, Neil McDonough shows up. He's like, hey, what you doing up here? You should be out of bed. Uh, he's very menacing about it. Right. Which is good. <laughs> which is in, in line with his character. Sure. And she's like, oh, I'm just... Uh, and then, oh, wouldn't you know it, Lisa Trevor is nowhere to be found. Right. And uh, Chris has also kind of walked up the stairs with uh, Birkin and he's like i'm sorry she sleepwalks sometimes uh let let me just it take her back to her bed. life basically right um and then birkin's like okay and lets them go back to bed and kind of turns as they're walking away and says better be thankful your your brother brother's looking out for you um, yeah anyone familiar with the series knows the birkins are not good people um they're mishandled a little bit in this movie i would say it's I think it's good that they're being used at all. Um, but in, in the games, they're a little more tragic. Uh, the father, especially William Birkin is not necessarily a tough menacing evil guy, but just like a, you know, this is my life's work and he's very passionate about it. Um, so much so that in resident evil two, he does infect himself and become like a long running boss who shows up periodically throughout that game. Mm -hmm. Um, his, his mutation getting progressively worse and uh, the mom is almost more evil than him because she keeps trying to protect him and like doesn't seem to care much about the life of their daughter in the process. Uh, she just sees him as like now he's their greatest work and she needs to protect him to keep the, the virus going. Uh, so they're, they're, I think it's good that they're in this movie. They're mishandled a little bit if 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 you know not for just the sake of making a better movie than for reasons that are unclear sure alex we're gonna ask for like 20 percent less resident evil lore 
if we're going to get through this movie at a okay. reasonable clip. All right, all right, um, all right. Well, it's it's a time skip from this point. We get our establishing shot that you mentioned, and then we go straight to 1998. September, I was about to say September 11th, but I don't know if that's the correct date. September 30th, 1998. Where were you on September 30th, 1998? Where were you when, when Resident Evil and Raccoon City exploded? Yeah, I I am I was wondering the entire time I forgot to look this up if that was like the release date for the game or something. Um, that might be like the actual date the events in the game take place. That's probably more likely. Yeah, that's that that was my assumption. Um, but we get a uh very traditional. So we get a title card with the mm-hmm. original Resident Evil font yeah. for the title. Uh, no, just no. As- no person narrating that says resident evil which resident is unfortunate evil. um uh, we do get this really fucked up thing where so so it does the resident evil title card and then it fades up and then it just has a sign that says welcome to raccoon city mm-hmm. because it definitely seems like they wanted this to just be called resident evil to like kind of kickstart a new franchise but obviously didn't want to couldn't just call it that because it would have competed with the pre-existing uh, movie um, and then we get Claire Redfield uh, hitching a ride with this trucker and this trucker is just fucking Johnny on the spot exposition because oh, yeah. he's just like oh so you're going back to see your brother huh oh, why are you going back to Raccoon City eh, the place is dumped there's nothing there not since the Umbrella Corporation left it's like thanks dude that's yep. very very knowledgeable trucker about the local goings on of this town. I am so glad I didn't have to hold my laughter because I watched this in a basically empty theater when he like reached for the hamburger and took the huge bite out of it because that is straight from the game as well. That's how oh, really? two opens up is this trucker taking a bite out of a massive burger before he hits a lady. And <laughs> yeah. Um and then what follows with, with is, his truck to be to be to clarify right, with, with his truck um yeah it, it's that's that's 100 percent how it opens and it was really funny to me like oh my god they just straight up had this guy reach for his burger and take a huge bite before about being about to hit this lady but also claire is there this time yeah uh yeah so and, and, yes and she talks in her sleep she's having nightmares i guess that's how they explain the previous scene is it's a nightmare um he's all like you know ah you know i thought you're gonna shit your pants over there or something (laughs) so Um, he says you were screaming so much you made you made me almost shit my pants oh god (laughs) yeah so um yeah this guy's a real creepo uh he they they hit as as mentioned it's like one one to the beginning of two they hit the lady um but they both get out and they're like oh god oh god um he is freaking the hell out F bombs every other word as yeah. as we previously stated that is a running gag. Um he like I I swear so there's a bit they 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 make a very clear point of showing him like turn around at the exact moment this woman like gets up and wa- walks away. The woman they've hit. Yes. And I could swear that like she was definitely in his line of sight for at least a second there during that action and I was sort of wondering what went wrong there but anyway point is now she's gone uh he turns around to have a a comical level of like you know exposition between the two in order to just create a moment for this woman to walk away 
and oh, you know, like scary. She's she's gone when they turn around. And then the most important thing is that uh, this dude's dog, the which I should add is like the classic Doberman model that appears throughout the first two Resident Evils, um, like goes over and starts like licking up some of the goo that this woman left behind when she got splattered all over the pavement. Right, which just don't let your dog eat mysterious goo left yeah, behind by it's people. Definitely not a a solid plan in any scenario. Um, because because the dog witnesses all of this. The dog is like sitting in the cab and watches as the the zombified woman like gets up and walks away while Claire and this trucker are distracted talking right. to one another. And then the dog somehow with a human amount of strength kicks open the driver's side door <laughs> of the cab to his simply, own little like doggy door handle to, right. to to click open. Yeah. To simply run out and consume some of this infected blood yeah. to set up what will assuredly be a a uh, uh, tragic scene later. Right. So the so Claire is like, we need to find out what happened to this woman. Um, like they just got she, she just got up and left. The trucker's like, nah, because if we do that, I might be responsible for having hit her with my fucking semi. Right. So <laughs> let's just get back in the truck. And I think at this point they part ways. Right. He gets back in the truck with, with the dog, and it's she a little bit just... later. He actually gets her to Raccoon City proper. Okay. And uh, yeah, and then like he drops her off. Uh, that is. This is after we have a scene in a diner where we meet uh, Team Stars. Also, Leon is there. Right. Um, well, well, we get an intro to Leon before that point because apparently he's living out of like a motel, and he wakes right. up because I guess he works night shift as as a cop for the Raccoon City Police Department. And he wakes up to his alarm, and, and then like some indie rock plays while he pulls sheets over his head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the first word he says is "fuck." <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wakes up to the alarm and just goes fuck and then he takes a apparently half drunken beer bottle off of the nightstand in his motel and drinks it mm-hmm. and then like struggles out of bed they yeah. like I mean I, I understand that Leon at the very least in Resident Evil 2 is supposed to be established as this kind of like incompetent or maybe not incompetent but i mean he's the rookie right he's supposed to be established as a rookie it's like oh it's my first night as a as a cop and oh my god it's the end of the world but i feel like they push on his just kind of dipshittedness a little too hard in this movie a little bit yeah because it's it's hard because when leon in the games eventually makes that kind of leap from being the impressionable rookie to you know fucking right hand man to the president like it has to be at least semi-believable and like it's believable in a in a in a uh in a gameplay sense because like you and leon have together gone through this trial by fire by surviving the events of resident evil 2 but in this it's just kind of like a switch that they have to flip on to justify it so yeah yeah so but yeah he gets up we we get that brief scene and then we go to the diner yes uh he, i believe he he is asleep in the diner and while he is passed out at the bar it's wesker jill valentine and which one again who's richard the other guy aiken richard uh and they're all just kind of like 
fucking broing out at in in the booths and they're like wesker's like balancing a ketchup bottle on passed out leon's head he's like and then just like hey jill i bet you can't i bet you ten dollars you can't shoot that ketchup bottle off of his head and she's like (laughs) okay and then fucking draws her pistol yeah actual like service pistol and Uh, and, and this diner wesker has to stop her Like, Wesker has to, like, grab her hand and be like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's um, like, no, 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 shoot her, shoot him with this. And it's and, a fucking, like, gun, toy gun that shoots, like, little plunger darts. Yeah, a little suction cup dart thing. And where did he, he just, get that? Why does he have that? He just happens to have it. It's, okay. don't worry about it. Um, okay, fine. And, and, yeah, like, Jill, like, laughs and shoots him in the head. With the plunger dart. Ha ha. Certainly not foreshadowing anything. And uh, then like throws the pistol at Leon. I think it just straight up conks him in the head. But somewhere. I think it hit him in the body, but I'm I'm not I'm not sure. The the thud is heavy enough that I think it 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 it, it, it wakes him up. It wakes him up. Is the important thing. uh, And it successfully knocks the ketchup bottle off of him because with him startled it just falls off. Right. Uh, she grabs Wesker's sandwich, says, it's Jill's sandwich now, uh, which yeah. is good. Uh, did like that joke in the trailer, liked it here. I mean, um, if you don't have a berry, you got to you gotta shoehorn Jill's sandwich reference somewhere. Exactly. I, you know, I, I, at one point during this, someone picks a lock. I think it's Claire, and I was like, what? Jill, <laughs> Jill's the master of lock picking. <laughs> uh, the master of unlocking, please. Sorry, you're right, you're right. Um... <laughs> Point being, <laughs> uh, uh, they are aware of their game's terrible voice acting and and the memes that has created and are referencing it. And now we have two cops. Leon wakes up just in time to be razzed by two experienced men on the force. Uh, Raccoon City's finest, uh, <laughs> uh, Beavis and Butthead, yeah, wander in and and they're like, "Oh, hey, it's that dude. What shot his his partner in like training?" And his dad is a famous police officer around these parts and thus, like, convinced Irons to hire him into the force or something, which I'm not sure how canon that is. But point being, they're assholes. Leon's tired. Uh, leave, leave the poor boy alone. He, he can and, only handle so much. <laughs> but also, like, not only do people take time out of their day to just shit on Leon... Almost everyone here also makes it a point to talk about how shitty it is to live in Raccoon City. Yes. Like, the cops are even like, so, it's like, you must have fucked up pretty bad to, like, end up in a shithole like this. It's like, you're here. Like, <laughs> are, are you any, but, like, what, what, there's no, you're not better, dude. Like, you're also a, an officer in the city. They're like... Um, talking to the to the what um what's the normal name for like a, a diner waitress there's always like they all have like the same name it's like yeah, Rose or something or something irma yeah you know they're, they're talking to her and they're just like you know why haven't you gotten out of here or, or, or they're making fun of raccoon city around her and she's like hey i grew up here and and they're like oh you can have it or something and like when they leave the diner which is just yeah. yeah, but but they make some allusion to the fact that they are checking out a call up at the Arclay Mansion, um, and uh, 
you know, like, ah, it's going to be so boring or whatever. Sure hope no dramatic irony occurs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the so the two beat cops leave. Uh, all the stars members leave. Um, which also want to point out for a podunk shit town, that's just a company town, right? Like they, that's mm-hmm. what they kind of established this as, right? Like most it's, of the people that lived here or worked here worked here to work at Umbrella. And now that Umbrella is moving out of the town the town is kind of collapsing in on itself. Right. Um, the, uh, so why do they have like a specialty SWAT task force? <laughs> I, so, I mean, if you want an actual answer, that is because umbrella was making bioweapons, the possibility of, of attacks on them by counterintelligence from other countries, uh, was something they needed to be prepared for. Um, Umbrella had its own task force, not just uh, its hand in the pocket of the police in order to fund stars, um, but also like, you know, the Umbrella units, which you see in this movie for all of like yeah. 20 seconds. My man Hunk shows up for Hunk the briefest is of moments. They don't name him, but it's definitely him. You can tell by the gas mask. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, that since, since they are specifically a military company producing bioweapons for the u.s military they they do need some level of protection above that of your average sure, small town just, police force it's just in the context of this film stars is purely a part of the public police service it's not sure. like like they never draw that connection that they that stars was created because of umbrella or whatever like right and and the stars members are also ignorant about umbrella except for obviously wesker but like wesker and irons were supposed to be the only ones who were in on it mm. uh, i guess and, i guess they do kind of allude to irons kind of knowing a thing or two right because he's like trying to leave early right uh, um but anyway so everyone but leon and the uh the waitress the waitress leave uh leon turns to the the waitress is like did you really shoot your partner in the ass in training he's like i don't want to talk about it we don't talk about that <laughs> and then he looks at her and she she's fucking, fucking bleeding out of the corner of her eye just a teardrop of blood just trickles down her cheek and he's like um you got uh um the the, the you got th- you got a thing there she just, and she's she like just shrugs it off she's like oh it's been just been happening lately yeah, it's and he's like, deal. why don't you go to a doctor? And she's like, uh. <laughs> Which, you know, to be fair, that's 100% how it would go down. Like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's American healthcare for you. Yep. Um, and then a fucking, like, dying crow slams into the window of the diner. Yep. And they never properly address what that's about. I they sort of I mean they don't specifically address it but I it's it's the virus right the virus is happening sure yeah yes yeah. virus be happening but yeah. yeah it just it doesn't why it fucks up that bird in particular I why guess it fucks up that bird or ha- I like what is what is the vector for fucking up that bird like the, 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 the <laughs> yeah like, it's but all right, so we have that. That happens. We mm-hmm. cut to uh, Claire. Claire is uh, trying to. Um, she she walks up to this house. 
Mm-hmm. She knocks on the door. There's no answer. She looks over at the neighbor's house, and there's a creepy little kid. Fucked up little kid. It is fucked up mom. Like, <laughs> it's fucked up. They're both like fucking, like, they just have patches of hair missing. They're just like gotten out of their third week of chemo or something. And, like, <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's rough. Like, yeah. I mean, they're, and they're both just like gaunt looking out of the window over at Claire, and she's just kind of like, uh, and then just immediately draws a knife. And at first, I thought it was like some weird like intimidation factor. It's like if I show them my blade, mm-hmm. they won't come at me. Um, but no, she pulls out a, a folded a folded knife. But no, in this universe, it. Claire's the master of unlocking and uses yes. it to unlock the door. Yes, um, she goes inside, looks around. Um, there is just kind of like a bunch of just. You know, she's just looking at all like the keepsake items and whatever in this house and mm-hmm. makes an offhand comment. There's a picture of who we assume to be Chris, uh, along with Wesker and Jill. And she, Claire, kind of scoffs and goes, uh, like, Jill will never fall for you, Chris. Like, she's too, in, <laughs> she's too into Wesker. Um, I like this bit where she also picks up some old pizza, takes a bite out of it, is like disgusted, and then smells the pizza. Like, you're <laughs> supposed to do the smell beforehand, Claire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, and then Chris comes downstairs and just introduces uh, yet another character who will drop an F bomb. Every, like, how the fuck did you get in my house? Where the fuck have you been? You've been gone for like five fucking years. What the fuck is going on? It's like, this yeah. is not good dialogue writing like this <laughs> just because you just because you have an a, just because you have access to an r rating does not give you carte blanche to just pepper the entire script with f-bombs it does not make for engage like your writing does not get elevated or become more mature simply because your characters can say fuck now yeah yeah you know like i get they probably watched a ton of uh, uh quentin tarantino films and <laughs> like i get how that has just ruined an entire generation of filmmakers, but you got to like <laughs> settle down a bit here. Uh, yeah. The point is Claire has a VHS tape. Yeah. Uh, it's 1998. In case you've been talking to she, someone in online chat rooms and yeah. Chris is like, what the fuck is a chat room? <laughs> and it's on like, the internet where you chat and then it's like, yeah, okay. That's, that's a decent enough explanation to someone who's a Luddite. Yeah um it's and, a series and, of tubes so so this guy that she met in an online chat room sent her a whole ass vhs tape i guess i it's guess 98 things can happen she downloaded um, it from the chat room <laughs> put it put it on a on a cd-rom somehow uh yeah uh this guy is a minor character in resident evil 2 he is a reporter who uh uh unco- is about to blow the lid off of umbrella right um, sort of later to reveal to be a contact for Ada Wong. He's been trying to uh, find out what's happening. That's why the residents of Raccoon City are getting sick all the goddamn time, disappearing, whatnot. It's interesting that you d- that he is a reporter in the games because in this they just make him a straight up cons- conspiracy theorist. Yeah, he's, he's just a conspiracy nut that lives in the town, and like this video that he sends Claire, like in the background, it's just straight up the stereotypical like index cards with red string connecting it, and there's like posters of the Umbrella Corporation, and he's like, the Umbrella Corporation's been poisoning this town for years, but follow the money, Claire, follow the yeah. money, <laughs> and, yeah. and the, I got I got boxes full of Pepe, and then. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's like, they've been poisoning it little by little for a long, long time, but now they fucked up and they, you know, they dropped a, they, they made a huge mess of things and kind of implying that there was like a big, you know, obviously the T virus or something, some derivative similar of that. They have a, a chemical spill has happened in the water that has kind of accelerated the problems uh, with Raccoon City. And I think he specifically, this is like our first mentioning of the virus modifying DNA to create bioweapons. Um, I don't he think... He either I says think it here or he says it later. He says it in his other scene, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, just saw this movie, so it's all fresh. It's all yeah. <laughs> daisy fresh up there. And yeah, so he's just like, this is... Um, you know, this is what's happening with with the town. This is what Umbrella has been doing. And then right. Claire, having shown this crazy man on a VHS, then turns to her brother, who she hasn't seen in years, and goes, "See, yeah. see." <laughs> to which Chris says, "Irrefutable that... evidence, Chris." <laughs> to which Chris says, "That man is insane." Yes, like <laughs> and a, I like have a, to go to work. Like you would do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to go be a police officer now. Do you need yeah. money? I feel like you're only here for money. Here's some money. Yeah. Um, and so Chris leaves uh, after giving Claire some petty cash and says, he says, lockpick the door on your way out. Yeah. Like <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's all right. that's a good, that's all right line. That's okay. Yeah. It's all uh, what, I do, what I don't like about Chris's uh portrayal in this movie is that he's too squeaky Mm. and i mean i know you know people i know humans like you know you're 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 born with the voice you're given you're born you're born with the voice you're given but uh i don't know he needed to be a little gruffer to be to be my my chris redfield not my chris redfield yeah I, i will say this is like a fresh baby chris um, in the face of the grand Resident Evil timeline, um, he sure. becomes much gruffer as as things go on. But um, I, I could agree. Uh, he's definitely. He's, every, I mean, everyone in this is like a bit too quippy for their own good, a little too like Marvel movie esque. Yeah. And, and I'm, honestly, Resident Evil might be a better place for that than most other horror movies, just because the games themselves are not taking themselves seriously all that often. But uh, yeah, um, that's yeah. certainly an issue. <laughs> So Chris leaves, Claire's hanging out in his house still and goes, and she's just kind of curious why he's not getting sick. If, if the water is in fact getting poisoned, uh, she picks up, you know, just kind of like one of those stereotypical, like plastic water bottles. They give away at like sporting events, you know, like the stereotypical, like Gatorade water bottle, except it's, got, it's like completely, an umbrella sticker on it, it's completely black with the umbrella logo on it. It's like, yeah, of course, like they're going to have like corporate like outings or whatever the guy gotta uh, have all this giveaway merch <laughs> like like umbrella the, like, the raccoon city annual fun run sponsored by umbrella corporation <laughs> right it's like umbrella corporation like enamel pins and like yeah. pens and my son's a scientist at umbrella headquarters <laughs> like <laughs> like sweatbands like red sweatbands with the uh it's just so it's so it's you're making me want some umbrella swag right now honestly <laughs> i don't feel like I feel like it doesn't work in this. Like every time someone says Raccoon City, it feels like they're like reading the dialogue written for like a middle school stage play. Mm. And every time they talk about Umbrella Corporation, like these things as like icons within a video game work so much better 
as opposed to something like as a believable like you look at the umbrella logo and it's just like far too nefarious looking it's Mm -hmm. just like it's so evil looking how could how could any company like realistically use this as a you know red white and black are edgy colors goths wear that you know attach that to like a a a medsai firm (laughs) right they uh they they hired all their graphic designers from uh hot topic uh, hot topic yeah yeah that's that's where they scouted most of their talent (laughs) (laughs) so so this is the first part in the movie where i laughed right Mm -hmm. because she's still kind of just like wandering around chris's chris's house and then they played this, you know, the stereotypical like jump scare sting because she turns around and at the back door is the chemotherapy woman standing there kind of hands covered in blood, just kind of like drawing her hands across the glass of the of the back door. And right. she has written on the back door, itchy scratchy in blood. Itchy tasty. Itchy tasty. Which is uh, a, a that that's a thing. Um, oh, yeah. In in the context of this film, I agree. It is hilarious. Um, but that has come up before in Resident Evil. But that's not the funny part. Okay. The funny part is how Claire reacts to that. And she sees <laughs> this. She sees this sickly, like almost homicidal looking woman with blood on her hands, writing words in blood on the store. And Claire's reaction is, ma'am, are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, like that's not that like no like also you... also okay it, then it gets just weirder because the son runs in that the child of this woman from the opposite door from, from the, the front opposite door, door breaks into this house I guess in a in a way Claire couldn't beforehand um dives under the table and it's like a very slow pan down as as claire gets on her knees to like lift up the tablecloth to like find where this kid went and you're expecting the horror movie yeah. trope of like the kid not being there by the time the camera reaches down there but he's still or there ju- or, or a jump scare or like he's gonna like Wah! like as she's slowly like peeling back the curtain right and, and and this is like i will give it credit this is interesting and a new way to do this because the kid's still there she like lifts <laughs> it up and like he's still just sitting there hugging his knees underneath the table and she's like can i help you <laughs> and and he's like you need to run and then the, that's the jump scare cue because the the woman has still been behind the glass door in the background of this shot and it's at this point that she like bursts through the glass and starts tearing <laughs> after claire it's so dumb it's so dumb because claire's like can i help you it's like you're the one that's gonna need help is what that's the kid it. says yeah and then, yeah she and then the mom's just like blah, 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 blah. And she's like <laughs> smashes through the glass and it's like what is this scene like these these characters are too cogent to be zombies but they're also too and like like um they they lack too much self-preservation to still be human so they're like in this weird middle ground of just like homicidal maniacs and it's like i'm pretty sure that's not what the t-virus does yeah and like the blocking and the action happening is just too weird and i <laughs> i'm it, it was definitely a a an on a an unintentionally hilarious scene yeah yeah you're like you know that scene in it where you know the aliens like blah, 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 
it like kind of like swings around his body as he's like running forward through like I think like the flooded basement or something. Oh, that's oh. the vibe. That's the vibes I get from like this woman just kind of like <laughs> kind of not receiving I- any quality direction as to how to act in this scene. Right. Just kind of like, all right, you're gonna you're gonna bust through the sugar glass and then be a zombie <laughs> and the woman's like ah, okay also we only have one pane of sugar glass so you have to get this on the first take right it, it's so it's so weird i she like pins claire um says a word that i couldn't understand claire gets out and gets away steals chris's motorcycle because chris earlier in the scene said don't touch my motorcycle so that's a clear indication that she's going to touch that motorcycle yeah relatively soon. motorcycle right um gets on it and, and claire's often on a motorcycle i think she starts to on a motorcycle so it's like ah reference you know um and and she drives i does she go straight for the police station i forget yeah, exactly. we don't, the last thing we see of jill for a little bit is claire her dr- yes claire um, the last thing we see of Claire for a little bit is her driving through the city, which also is this really a city? Like it, the one this establishing is, shot they have, the one bird's eye view of this city is pretty small. Like it's there's like a not a well sto- yeah. size. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, for, for all for our, those of you who our, are also our Virginia national, natives, our national <laughs> listeners will understand that reference very clear. <laughs> but no, it's it's definitely like almost. Uh, kind of like kind of a hope will vibe too you know just a like a <laughs> desolate <laughs> these, sad really shitting on Hopewell. i mean i don't really have a lot of opinions about Hopewell. um now emporia though fuck those guys no I'm just kidding um the yeah no there's not a building in this town that's probably taller than three or four stories like yeah. it's 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 like your stereotypical like kind of like uh midwest town of like maybe 50,000 people or right. something. So again, like I feel like the grandeur that something the name city implies is kind of wasted on Raccoon City. Um but maybe that's the irony. I don't know. But yeah, uh, she's like this place has like three stop signs or stoplights. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 not a big town, but she's driving. We then get a cut back to Birkin, right? That's the character's name. Uh, uh, Neil, Neil McDonough's yes. character. Um, yes. He is now. Uh, we we get a cut to him. He is at home. This confused me a lot because the the establishing shot in this scene is uh, a little girl waking up from a nightmare mm-hmm. and. Uh, then Birkin runs into the room and kind of calms her down. It's like, hey, it's okay, it's okay. And I was like, oh, is this another flashback? Is this Claire? Um, and then I was like, oh, wait, no. Neil McDonough's hair is like way shorter now. He's like, yeah, you know, they make him look like he's kind of balding or whatever. He's got a little um, more, few more wrinkles. It's much grayer. Anyway, right. he's- and they, uh. I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. So she wakes up. She's uh, the, the little girl's nervous. She says she had a nightmare. So she describes like some monster, which I assume is like a some monster in I tried to place Resident it, Evil couldn't. lore. Yeah. She says it's like green, has a bunch of eyes or something. I can't remember. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, and 
she so Birkin kind of calms her down. The mom comes in. They both kind of like calm her down. He gets up. The phone rings. He goes to answer it. Uh, he um he we don't hear who's on the we don't hear who's on the other line but he seems pretty kind of like taken aback a little bit and he runs back into the other room he's like we gotta go now like we gotta you know we gotta get up and go and they're like uh okay and he's he's just kind of like panicking and then mrs birkin is like what oh my god (laughs) because she's she's in on it um well they don't really make that seem the case in the movie um i i sort of picked up on subtleties but yeah it also seems like she might just not be in on it at all true um but so maybe i just was imagining things that i wanted to be there (laughs) just just hoping hoping well hoping well if you will (laughs) but then a siren goes off uh within the town and it's like just automated messages like this is the umbrella corporation please stay within your homes which again really like drives home how much the umbrella corporation kind of just owned this city huh yes. they just like they had their own like emergency broadcast signal that they just pipe throughout oh, the entire they sure town do yeah but I, I i i think if we haven't touched on them yet this is where like maybe the first one comes up what the fuck are these time cards for <laughs> is that not in are those not in the the game no because it's because it's in the font like it's in that very skinny tall serif font if, that... if they are i don't remember them and sure and more to the point they serve zero purpose here because yeah. time like they never move forward more than a few minutes like it's just you could just play the movie <laughs> you know like I mean, we'll get a I sense mean, they, of time from the fact that the movie is happening i mean they are <laughs> working towards a deadline which we haven't found out about yet but there is there, sure. is there is a deadline but yeah this all basically happens over the course of a night mm-hmm. um but so yeah we, so but per- like but like we get our first time card and it's like midnight and then we get our next one and it's like twelve forty one, and it's <laughs> like, okay <laughs> yeah it's also uh, funny that it's just midnight it's not like 12 a.m it's like yeah. it, 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 it just it's the word midnight and then the next one is a timestamp. like there's no consistency between mm-hmm. it um but so burke and his family leave and they drive away mm-hmm. and then uh i think we're at the the police station at this point right well i want to talk about where Birkin and claire meet momentarily right i think the scene weirdly happens after that but yes um, okay well we'll I, just we'll just say it here you you'd know better than i yeah, but so you want to talk about weird blocking in this movie. This scene, they shoot basically looking at Neil McDonough the entire time as he's driving. He's like, and he's like kind of muttering to himself about his life's work like we were talking about before. Oh, you got something. Yes, I, I, I'm now specifically remembering my exact thoughts on this scene being some of like the worst CGI. Like it looks like those scenes that from like old sitcoms in the nineties where they had to do like a shot in a car and like all the windows are green screen. Yeah. Cause like they're, they're trying to show as little window as possible. The frame is so tight around Neil's face and what can you, what you can see of the windows is impossibly bad. I mean, it's, I, I didn't pick up on that, but that's pretty funny. I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Yeah. Uh, it should be more like, you know, your classic 50 sitcoms where it's just instead of a green screen, it's just like a projector screen where they're just playing the footage of just like rolling pastures or whatever in the background. 
um, but he's driving, and so they keep the shot on him, mm-hmm. and like you could almost argue it's like an artistic thing, like single take kind of thing. But I'm mm-hmm. going to say no, because the entire action that occurs is he's driving and he's really frustrated because he's like, oh, they're going to destroy my life's work or whatever. So he's he's kind of determined, and his wife's like, slow down, slow down. It's like we don't need to go this fast. Um. And then, like, she's like, watch out. And then he hits the brake. Again, this all staying locked on either him or his wife. And he slams on the brake. They skid to a stop. And she, and he's, She's like, you almost hit that woman. And then that's when the camera cuts to in front of the car. And it's Claire on her brother's bike. Um, just kind of, like, dead stopped in, a, in a, at an intersection. Mm-hmm. that's a really bad way to shoot that scene yeah because it's, it's rough you, you don't see we never see claire like kind of on the way to about to interact uh, you know you know possibly collide with neil mcdonough uh we don't see kind of like the stress of both of them kind of breaking and stopping and i mean it's it's very Maybe they didn't want to do it that way simply because that's kind of your standard operating procedure of shooting that kind of scene. But in this alternative way, it feels like they shot it to make it some big reveal that the person they were about to hit was Claire. And it's like, that's not a big reveal because you have maximum, what, eight pieces on the on the board? Like, of course, it's going to be in, in you know, she said woman. So that reduces it down to either it being Jill Valentine or claire redfield and we know jill is already in a different location so right. why it's just there's there's a couple of shots like that where it's like this doesn't this action that you're trying to convey is not done pretty very well and i think yeah and i think it's small things like that that lead up to this being a bad movie not that like it's not a um death by a thousand cuts kind of thing it's more so a if this director can't nail these small things, I wouldn't expect them to nail the big things like a competent narrative arc or a satisfying narrative <laughs> right. arc or anything like that. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so we go from there. This is, this goes to the police station, right? Yes. I have to talk about irons practicing his terrible, terrible stand up routine. <laughs> I Stu- stuffed with so many 90s references and so many f words. I yeah. this guy decided that he wanted to become a police chief solely that so that he could roast his team at the drop of a hat. Um he comes in to give a mission briefing and it's not so much a mission briefing as it is like fuck you five. fuck you dude like you know what's that you got a hot day today put that the shit down like he's <laughs> he's so He's like on a goddamn tirade at any possible moment. And I get like it's supposed to be he's scared because he knows the city is about to blow up. But it, it, it just comes off as like, what are you doing here? I guess. Uh, uh, again, like you mentioned with the zombie woman, directionless. Uh, yeah. Go in and be an angry police chief, and and he's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's 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 so many stereotypes. You got like the big he's the big boisterous kind of angry police chief, but he's also like 
kind of a schlubby dude. He's like this heavy set guy with like a handlebar mustache and like like he looks like he's like out of the seventies. Like he does not yeah. look like he belongs in this nineties police precinct. Um but he's got kind of like the side swept kind of like longer hair. Um and you know he's got kind of like a stained dirty button up shirt with a tie and it's like kind of half tucked. But yeah. like like you referenced Wesker gets he has beeper, you know, because yeah. nineties he has beeper. And he looks at his beeper and I forget what the direct message is, but it's like Beaver's like, it's it's time. Check your right. locker. Right, yeah. Um, and that's when the chief is, starts digging into him. He's like, Oh, what is that? You got a hot date? It's like, tell you what, you know, you take her to the plan in Hollywood. They just open one up in the next town over. Or maybe you go take you go get a go rent a movie from Blockbuster, you go watch a movie, you know, at home yeah. with her. Or you put, know, you know what we should put do on you some should journey. Get, yeah, you get some journey, get a journey CD and play it at home. And I'm like, who wrote this? Yeah. Like I get it. It's nineteen ninety-eight. Like uh, it's yeah. Like fucking Captain Marvel slammed into and, the roof of a blockbuster, and that was more <laughs> subtle than this than what's happening right here. I, I, he is, he is going off about like you know, like oh, what you gonna do with your day, and and, and like brings up the journey is like you know, you know, you know, you, you know, what, what do you think happens when you when you put some journey on real quiet with your lady, and and like you could tell Wesker is like really uncomfortable. I, I mean, more to the point, you know, to this actor's credit, I, I like what I've seen him in other things. So I think he's, he does okay with this because he seems like, uh, for a number of reasons, obviously he's been given secret instructions. He's trying to hide from everyone else, but also his chief just like dug into him about his sex life. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's just like, uh, I think I'm getting laid tonight, sir. <laughs> you know, um, and, <laughs> to and which think- he says, "No, you're not. You're getting in a fucking chopper and you're finding right. out what happened to Bravo Team." Which also, it's very weird. Again, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a cop, so I don't know. It's very weird to see these police officers kind of like mixing in, uh, like military lingo, like talking mm-hmm. about Alpha and Bravo Team. And all that stuff. And it just seems, it again feels very incongruous. And it just, it seems like it wants to be game accurate for game accuracy's sake instead of like having dialogue that fits, that, 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 that meshes well together. Yeah. Um, Also, at some point during this, I think it's actually before the bit we mentioned, Leon walks in and Leon's like, yeah, he said it was a, an all hands meeting, sir, and the and the van just like explodes f bombs at him repeatedly until he leaves. Basically, it's just like you know, we didn't mean you. You suck ass. Like get out of here. You know, yeah. like it's 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 so I I just just blatant and and I, I I'm trying to think of like the best word, but just like too much. You know, it's. Like we get it. No one likes Leon. It's fine. Right. It's 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 frustrating. <laughs> no one liked Leon until he starts suplexing zombies. I totally understand. Right. God. Um so yeah, so he's like the police chief's like, Go man the front desk. Like, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, Some okay. lady might be coming in with like asking about someone who need to save her cat, you know? Like you can't leave the front yeah. desk, idiot. Yeah. To which then Leon goes back down to the front desk in this fucking. I, I think it, we've talked about before how the it, canonically the the Raccoon City Police Precinct was like a art museum beforehand, which is why yes. it's so like ornate and and huge and has like 
like granite or uh, marble floors and, um, and puzzles. Yeah, and puzzles. Full of puzzles. <laughs> All museums have puzzles. Everyone right. knows this. I, I love our local art museum where you have to find the three medallions and three separate wings, take them to the statue in the central to unlock the basement area. It's classic art museum stuff, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like I like the classic museum art museum puzzle where you try to figure out where all the good art is. <laughs> yeah, they never have anime on display at my local <laughs> art museum. <laughs> so frustrating. Me, me at the National Gallery, meekly walking up to the security guard, asking where the anime is. <laughs> Do you have uh, any paintings of Goku? I don't know who this Rubens guy is, but like, <laughs> I'm I'm here for Goku. <laughs> Who's this Leonardo guy? Is he like a? Why did he take the Ninja Turtles name? That's yeah. weird. <laughs> um, I, I was told this is the Leonardo exhibit, and I see zero turtles. <laughs> I'm, I'm very frustrated. <laughs> Fuck the they. Leon leaves this meeting and proceeds to go to the front desk and then pass out listening to his Walkman. Which, Leon, yeah. I think you just need to get tested for narcolepsy at this point. Yeah. Uh, poor guy is just not used to working late. Poor Leon. I guess. Poor, poor baby. Um, oh, poor, poor, poor. <laughs> Maybe you should have signed up to be a cop, motherfucker. Like, that's like <laughs> the first... He, he he did so poorly in his in his tests. Probably doesn't want to. And his dad's like, "No, you're gonna no, be a cop like me." A, and he like, shot a guy in the ass. It's like you you could you could bounce back from that. Just fucking like every what I what I understand of of copitude is that like you you always the rookies always have to take the shit shifts. You always sure, gotta take okay. the night shifts. Uh, um, uh, yeah, but um, it's at this point that we find out what happened to our poor dear truck driver and his yeah. and his goo goo eating dog. <laughs> Um, his, dog, his gooey dog. dog. Dog seen better days. Dog's, dog's getting little, gooier. <laughs> dog's dog's looking a little worse for wear. Um, the guy is like getting worried about him. He's like hugging his dog and be like, "You can't get sick now. I don't have insurance." And then the dog bites his hand. Um, the man again, like like every person in this movie faced with a difficult situation, flies into expletives. Uh, and then, you know, this is in the woes of becoming zombified from zombie dog bite, uh, flips his gas tanker over in front of the gates of the police precinct, which explodes, which does not wake Leon. I want to yes. express this all happens while Leon remains asleep. The which- gate is open. The front door is open. There is nothing blocking this man from hearing the sound of a massive explosion. Granted, he has headphones on and he's playing like loud Britney Spears, but he's that's not waking him up. So I guess the explosion wouldn't. I I don't know how to explain it. But but you know what does wake him up is the zombified truck driver then totally casually, on fire casually walking into the police precinct on fire while because they do this thing you know it, the, the britney spears is like kind of, is it britney spears i couldn't play some music i think at I'll this point you. it's not but it was it's earlier some, it's some pop music that he's listening yeah. to but they do the thing where it's like it's muffled to communicate that it's in his headphones and then they like turn it up to full volume uh and unmuffle it to like make it part of the actual like uh film soundtrack and while this like 90s pop music is playing this fucking guy totally on fire casually like 
walks into the police precinct. <laughs> Yeah. And at that point is when Leon Kennedy goes, oh, fuck, and, like, stands up and sees this man, like, burned to death. Right. Um, yeah, he, he gets shot. Um, the the police chief is is spewing more expletives. In between those expletives is uh, Leon, get a fire extinguisher and extinguish this poor man. Um, I am going upstairs to find out what happened to our helicopter team because I guess they left shortly before this. We probably had another time skip. Uh, yeah. So so the team of Jill, Chris, Wesker, and the other fucking Richard, and yeah. who's the pilot again? What's his name? Oh, God. Um, Didn't you say it earlier? I did, I did. I I was, I was looking it up. It starts with a V. Vavu V. Uh, Vavu. Uh, so, Vavu. Vavu is piloting the <laughs> chopper. <laughs> um, whatever that guy it doesn't matter. Um, Vickers. Yeah, so Vickers. Uh, and they, so they're flying over to the Spencer Matt Mansion. The Spencer Mansion in the uh, Arkley Mountains to to investigate what's happening there and what what happened to to bravo team spencer being the founder of umbrella corporation which i believe one of them says explicitly that's the thing because leon turns up in the meeting to create a moment for exposition right like he pops his head in and is like what's the spencer mansion sir and and like extremely rudely the 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 precinct chief is irons is is like going on about like the history of the spencer mansion yeah yeah because we needed that for yep. sure um so now the police precinct is going to lock down uh stars team which chris isn't a part of stars he's just a no. cop so they just dragged him along well he might like, be well he's i'm pretty sure he's well no he I is he is stars he is stars okay they don't make that clear in the movie i will say yeah because um, um, the, the rest of them are wearing like stars patches on like their uniforms or whatever whereas he's just rolling in with like a rpd shirt and like a like a jacket over top mm-hmm. um but uh yeah so this is gonna be the first time i look at my notes for this entire outing <laughs> okay um oh yeah so they lock down the the chief decides it's time to get out while the getting's good Mm-hmm. And he loads up his uh, desk. He empties his desk, puts it all in a box, and then walks out to his his Cadillac. And and Leon's trying to be all like, "Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Why why are you leaving? I'm the only one here now. I don't want to be." Yeah, uh, there's a he's burning like, congrats, truck con- out front. Right, <laughs> and, he's and like, people, "Congrats like, on your promotion." I, I I do not want to be here. There's zombies out there. And yeah, I and, and the, most of the precinct is on fire. Uh, can I can I please not be stuck here? And and the police chief just says no and drives away. <laughs> <laughs> There's zombies at the gate doing their best Eric Andre impression because one of them straight up just goes, "Let me in, let me in." Right. <laughs> I did also which, notice that. Um, which again, like, doesn't fully communicate what the state of these zombies are because like in resident evil traditionally it's like they're a person then they're a zombie like they get infected and then they're just immediately a zombie but these right these people can still like partially articulate and stuff we see the the waitress 
from the diner earlier. She's like shambling over to the police precinct and she's like at the gate, you know, clawing at the air and she like touches her hair and her hair is like falling out and she's like freaking out about yeah. that, which I guess if you're a zombie, you still have a sense of like, uh, like they're, they're not beauty, mindless beauty yet. standards. Yeah. yeah. It's just the, de- the deterioration is so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not, hasn't been my experience in the little bit I have had with the resident. Yeah, it, it, it sort of goes by whatever the story needs. Right. But, the, but that's the problem, right? Is that the story, the zombies are so inconsequential to this story, right? Like they spend so little time, even like properly communicating the zombies and the T virus. Like there's never a shot of like a person like drinking a glass full of water and then getting infected. It's like, it's, the dialogue connecting kind of these like ethereal concepts together. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you don't need someone drinking the water, but like it helps make concrete the, that part of it that you're, you're, you're trying to convey. Otherwise it can sometimes, cause this is a visual fucking medium can be sometimes be difficult for the audience member to connect a to B. And now we just see a bunch of people kind of, shambling in front of the police precinct um but they seem (laughs) they all just seem like they have had just like again either really bad haircuts or just chemo is really doing a number on them (laughs) yeah uh Uh, and i hope this doesn't come across as insensitive to people going through chemo um Yeah. Maybe maybe should should preface that now last Uh, chemo last chemo joke that was the last one yes uh all right so uh i think at this point we go to the people up in the mountains yes we get get dropped at the spencer mansion yes uh they get they get dropped near a burning car that seemed to be the vehicle used by the alpha team or bravo team yeah bravo team they're the alpha team right um you're a beta male sonic (laughs) uh and we get another crow who is decidedly not flying into windows. It's just kind of hanging out, looking all fucked up. Um, it's a real fucked up bird. It's a real fucked up bird. Wesker's like, what the fuck? Uh, Jill just shoots it without warning. <laughs> to which Wesker then says, what the fuck? Again. Because right. <laughs> that bird was right next to his face. And, yeah. and, you know, if I was Wesker in that situation, yes. <laughs> Fully agree. It's always interesting that they call him Wesker in this movie. And like mm-hmm. they never clarify that his first name is Albert, um, which I mean, it would make yeah. sense. Like, I understand that he would prefer to go by Wesker, but like that no one ever went like, whatever you say, Albert or something like that. Or like, yeah, you never see like a dossier file or like it on his uniform, say his first name. I it's and, and they call Jill Valentine and they call Chris Redfield um, and they called uh, Richard Richard. <laughs> Which kind of threw me off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, they're, they they get into the mansion and God bless them. I, I did actually have a bit of a wow moment. This this mansion is, is basically 1-1, at least in the grand foyer. Um, they do a bit of exploring. Wesker has his PDA that he picked up in his <laughs> locker from uh, his contact. He has the a PDA. straight up Palm Pilot which yes. he, he is like it, it's like introducing a caveman to fire with him because he opens up his locker and the in the palm pilot's laying there he's like what is this 
device. What, I, what, what, what am I, I looking at? What do I do with this? And he hits like the brightest, greenest button and it lights up and just goes like everything you know is in here. And he's like, okay. And then it <laughs> says, and then it says the town will be destroyed at 6 a.m. Right. And that was an important thing we forgot to note. Uh, we do have a hard time limit here. Yeah. Uh, which is which race against the clock, people. Explains the time cards that they that they have throughout i i still feel like they they served very little purpose uh but anyway um he's got a map of the mansion on his palm pilot and he's following it to try and reach a secret entrance to a lab uh another point in the mansion chris and uh richard richard yeah encounter the first zombie that you ever see from resident evil one they recreate that scene in its entirety and again i was just very like oh wow like thanks guys this is cool i think um, most of the mansion stuff is done pretty well yeah from the, from the perspective of game accuracy yes um the mansion is a, a cool bit that i am i'm glad i got to see done faithfully uh then all hell breaks loose basically as soon as they see one zombie suddenly <laughs> there's like 500 um yeah do these zombies have like some sort of weird like 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 linked like minds thing or something like are they telepathic because like similar to like the kid and the mom in the house like knowing like okay now i spring on her it's mm-hmm. like they find that one zombie and they shoot it twice in the chest um it keeps moving, so they, they shoot it three more times. Then it drops, and now they're like finally experiencing the gravity of the situation. And yeah, yeah it, it's like that summons all of them. Right. I mean, it's a lot uh, of noise, I mean. Right. It, Richard the, is swarmed? Yeah. Pinned against the wall by like 10 zombies at once? Yeah, they eat them up. It's, num, 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 num. Yep, it's, it's pretty violent. Uh, Chris books it. Uh, we get a, a terrible action scene that probably would have been cool if they maybe had some more, I don't know, consistent movement or fire or rhythm to it. Because I, I get the concept where he was like trying to John Wick a bunch of zombies switching between his, his MP5, his pistol, his knife, right? Um, and we're like the only light we got was from the gunfire. And you could have probably seen like how his movements were supposed to work in tandem with the gunfire to create, you know, something that yeah. looked pretty cool. Uh, in practice, it came across as really blurry and hard to read. <laughs> yeah, it was frenetic, but I kind of liked it. Like again, if we're talking I didn't about hate game, it either, yeah. Uh, like if we're talking about game accuracy, like that felt very true to form, where he's just like getting swarmed and overwhelmed. He's like, you know, if you're a player, you're like, oh my god, there's so many of them. All right, all right, like rifle and, and, rifle rifle oh i'm out of ammo pistol 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 oh, i'm out of ammo and then he's just stabbing them and then like he, he had like a, a like a rifle mounted flashlight that he loses or breaks or goes out and so then he right. just has he just has a lighter that he's like flicking on to like see what's going on and this is the scene i had to talk about this is maybe stuck out to me as maybe one of the worst scenes because it is so hammy and so horror movie i he's got his lighter and suddenly there's no more zombies. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. seem like the, the violence had stopped. It just did, or, or like, naturally, it just seemed to, it has to stop now. He's he's getting his lighter out, and he's fumbling with it, right? He's even, like, fumbling with it and seeing other zombie legs happen around him, which I guess implied he was underneath her. No, he's, like, behind a table at this point. Yeah. Right? He's, like, crouched down on the ground. Um, and so you're not the- out of danger. He's just sitting there 
fumbling with a lighter. Yeah. And the lighter and so, keeps going out. So they have the... So the very first zombie they saw was chomping on a member of Bravo team. And they have names or call signs or whatever. I don't remember. Yeah. The, one of the and guys then, who was picking on Leon earlier in the diner. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't pick up on that. Are you sure? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Same face. Same actor. Um, same face. Tell. Yeah. You never forget that face. But... Uh, <laughs> they uh so he is like bleeding out because he's got like like his jugular ripped out from the right. zombie before they killed him and then he gets zombified and so yeah like you're saying this last scene is like chris having his lighter on and it keeps going out and him like frantically flicking it back on and the zombified bravo team guy is like inching closer and closer to him every like it goes out and it takes him like a bunch of seconds a bunch of tries to get it back on each time and every time he does it's like that monty python bit where lancelot is running towards the castle it doesn't look like he's getting much closer yeah and then at one point it flicks on and it's gone which is like what the zombie's just gone. <laughs> That's not how these zombies work. <laughs> and then and then here's the kicker is that he then looks to his right and there's a different zombie right there. Uh-huh. And then he looks to his left and over his shoulder is the Bravo team guy zombie. Right. And it's like, okay, Chris, you're you're fucking dead. You don't have your weapons ready in this scenario. I oh, he gets saved by Jill. That's what happens. I forgot. Yeah. I was I was like, yeah. I mean he um, has his knife the entire time. So like and again, I mean, I also feel like part of the reason they kept cutting the lights on and off is to like possibly cover up any bad directing or anything Perhaps, it's like yeah <laughs> you know we don't need this fight choreography to be perfect because you're only going to see like a third of it sure. um but so like in my imagination like in my attempt to fill in the gaps i assumed he just kind of like oh there's one over my shoulder stab him with the knife okay and then i'm gonna stab the other guy in the head or something and then like a couple more show up i think maybe but yeah jill jill rushes in and just guns him down which right. i mean i guess at this point they have established jill is kind of like a you know she's a shooter yeah. yeah well i mean more more accurately like she doesn't miss because these right. zombies are like right up on chris and she is just like kind of holding that trigger down and burying a decent amount of bullets into these guys and not hitting chris at all yep uh uh you know that's that's just that's jill valentine for you yeah um but before the scene uh, we should clarify, we do see, uh, we have a scene with Jill and Wesker, right. and Jill and Wesker are, like, in this study, um, and... Wesker, Wesker is doing the classic piano puzzle from all survival horror games. Which, what the fuck? What <laughs> the fuck? He looks at his Palm Pilot, and there are just, like, piano tabs of yeah. like which keys to play and like what if Wesker who is a fucking like thick neck like brute force <laughs> military dude didn't know a fucking thing about playing the piano like what are you doing it's like, a player piano it's got like the, the keys are labeled <laughs> you know and so while that's happening so he like presses these in and it opens up a secret passageway and mm-hmm. it's like this long corridor and we can't see at the end of it. And like we get like a long establishing shot, like from the other end, looking back at Wesker kind of backlit from the light from the study. Right. And this is kind of like where he tells Jill's like, I'm not really here for Bravo team. I'm here for 
a, a separate mission and basically and go ahead meanwhile i was meanwhile. gonna say uh vickers is getting aliens uh yeah, by which i mean the scene in aliens when like they're trying to leave or, or rather like well, the, the pilot gets on the ship and like is prepping it for launch but ah there was an alien on it the whole time and he dies and suddenly there's no way back but with a um, nice twist he is playing snake on his uh, on his Nokia, 60, Nokia phone. 7650. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, okay. I kind of, I thought for a second, I thought it was like a sat phone version of it because it looked like, mm-hmm. like a chonkier version. Um, but yeah, he's just <laughs> he's sitting there fucking playing Snake. And I was like, yeah. I get it. This movie took place in 98. Like, you don't need to drill it into my head anymore. I get it. I like Snake. I had that same phone, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, movie. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, so. Um, oh, he's also, Vic- he, isn't he listening? What is he listening to? He's listening to something. I, I don't know. Maybe he's listening to the Britney Spears. I, I can't remember exactly. More 90s yeah. pop, right? Yeah. Or like uh, Journey. At some point, someone's listening to Journey. Like, kind of a Journey. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, he thinks he's getting laid tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, those classic Journey lyrics. Right. <laughs> um, now, here's something that I wanted to point out for the sake of of my own sanity because i felt like this was a step in the wrong direction as far as like game accuracy probably could have served your movie a little better here uh he crashes the helicopter into the mansion and we'll get into what that does but um in the games he crashes it into the headquarters he like recognizes they're in danger they're under attack he picks up and he has to go back to the station to warn irons uh, and, and like that crash sets off a series of events in the station that, um, impacts the, the majority of Resident Evil 2, right? It's like within the first act of the game. I okay. felt like that would have been a cooler setup for everything else that happens in the station than what we got, which is just irons gets turned around, uh, by hunk and his crew yeah, and it just drives back to the station to say like, oh, I guess we got to find another way out of here. Like, what if the well, helicopter crashed and you realize that like shit was far worse than you thought? Like, it's to it, be fair I, when he <laughs> when he gets to the checkpoint with Hunk, there are other people and they're being straight up mowed down by the yes. umbrella operative. So it's, it's not like, like there aren't stakes there. It's just that more natural stakes exist in the game that I sort of felt like you you had a chance to kill two birds with one stone here, and instead you kind of created a separate issue entirely. Like, mm-hmm. the tension in the library scene does not need to be heightened by the fact that a helicopter crashed into it, which is what happens. Um, also, let's, um, let's, let me, I'm going to walk you through some, um, the logic involved here in, okay. in this, in this helicopter crash. So Vickers sitting in the, in, in the pilot's chair, Playing, playing snake. A zombie smashes through the pilot side window and starts attacking him. So you're telling me that his logic is to then lift off, which <laughs> let's let's be clear, it's not like the the rotors are going at this point. And you know, a helicopter rotor takes, I don't know, at least half a minute to a minute to fully spin up. So you're telling me this this man's reaction to being attacked through a window by a zombie is to then fire up the rotors, take <laughs> off, 
<laughs> and then be incapacitated by the zombie leading him to crash it into the mansion as opposed to just oh the man oh the zombie's oh i'm dead yeah it's i he needed to go back to helicopter school maybe <laughs> or, or perhaps helicopter school needs an addendum to their curriculum about like what to do in event of zombie attack Z- zombie and, preparations and, and step one is uh do not take off while under zombie attack <laughs> like he has he has them like <laughs> like taped onto the like the inside of the helicopter and like as he's flying <laughs> off be bitten by the zombie he's like ah shit i forgot uh, the golden I I rule studied <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, Jill... That's what I get for partying in helicopter college. Yeah, at the moment where Wesker opens up the secret passage, Jill is looking out a window and is like, get down, because a helicopter smashes through the window, uh, creates a huge explosion that fills the entire library. Uh, We then cut back to to Resident Evil 2, which is how I've been (laughs) splitting them up in my mind between 1 and 2. So question question here, because I I was wondering when you were describing something earlier. In in the canon of the games, do these two games uh, happen simultaneously? Basically, yes. Okay. One is slightly before two, but ba- but yes. Um, okay. The idea is is that they are very closely uh, t- uh, on the timeline. Got it. Um, yeah. So so Resident Evil Two is the one that takes place in the RPD. Resident Evil One is in the mansion. Um, they both kind of end up meeting in the lab later, though not actually. Uh, I think there's like two different lab wings, and then they both escape by train. But you like. In Resident Evil 2, you never see the others on the train, and one, you don't see the others on the train. Uh, sure. So it, it, it does work out that way in the movie, which was kind of cool, um, but that's jumping way ahead. Point being, uh, when we get back to Jill and Wesker, they're fine. Fiery explosion in the library did not hurt them much at all. They get up. Um, suddenly, yeah, there's a lot of... a second The second vehicle crash explosion in the movie that has zero consequences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, they're like it's at this point that Jill gets to like have her argument with Wesker about like you know you're leaving us you're just gonna chase some ulterior motive, and and Wesker is like uh yeah money, <laughs> um and and like Wesker pulls his gun and Jill like freaks out and then he like pushes her to the side because it's to kill a zombie that was there the whole time for some reason, um sure, at which point Wesker leaves and that's when Jill runs to find Chris and saves him in that moment, which. Isn't that the first time they've seen the zombie on Wesker and Jill's side? Yeah, now that you mention it. So he just casually like kills the zombie, shoots it in the head, as opposed to the fucking reaction by everyone else is like, oh my god, care. what is that? Oh, shoot it in point, the chest a the couple times. the audience knows, and that's good enough. God. Right? What, god, what, what good would it be having so... characters <laughs> living in the moment? <laughs> that's so upsettingly true. And I'm <laughs> so mad that like you succinctly like <laughs> like pinpointed the problem with that. I, I, I think that is a reoccurring issue throughout this film. I think my notes especially are like, you know, Jill is kind of barely a person by the end of the film and more just like a walking gun factory. Mm. um or or gun user rather uh they they kind of gave her a whole lot less characterization than she deserves but regardless uh let's jump to Resident Evil 2 
because a lot of things have been happening there. As mentioned, Irons leaves the station uh, to try and escape Raccoon City. He cannot escape Raccoon City. Hunk and his men are there. The Umbrella uh, Corps are there to make sure nobody leaves. The secret cannot get out. Uh, after his car gets repeatedly shot at, he drives back to the precinct in the parking garage, meets more zombie dogs, um, has a very tense, but ultimately kind of lame scene where again, it's kind of like the, the bit with Chris and his lighter where it, it's like designed very horror movie esque, but doesn't work out so well in the end. He's, fumbling with his revolver he's like saying fuck with every bullet that he puts into his revolver um dog pops up in like the other window of his car as he's loading his revolver and he like shoots at it seemingly misses i guess they just like didn't want to show dogs dying in this movie um and uh i i i want to i want to i want to block out this this scene because the whole scene yeah, I mean, okay. unless you want to keep going. Well, but I, I have... okay. Well, well, let's 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 say the important thing, which is this is how Claire shows up. Sure. Right. So now Claire is part of her crew from Resident Evil Two, and they get to do their thing. But the thing that kills me about this, so like, it's kind of like you know, not not a super long scene, maybe like thirty seconds to a minute of the cop kind of like going against the dog and like. Mm-hmm. You know, shoots two shots through the through into his car, trying to hit it, and misses it, and also the dog like disappears. Like, do these zombies have yeah. fucking teleportation? Like, what is happening? Yeah, it's so um, weird. And now he's being stalked by the dog in the parking garage, um, and he is like just randomly like he fires off two shots into the dark because he hears something in one direction, fires two shots in another direction, and at this point, the dog corners him, uh, and obviously because it's a revolver, it's six chambers. Um, and it's about to like pounce on him and he he pulls the trigger and it clicks empty um and this dog which they cut to when it's like fully lit terrible cg just terrible cg dog um like game accurate but just like very rubbery looking yeah and And there's a lot of that in this movie which we haven't really touched on yeah this dog is about to pounce on uh irons at which point Claire just shows up with a fucking fire extinguisher and beats this dog to death. Yes. With this fire extinguisher, which they never show. They show it from like Claire's angle. So it's just Claire kind of like slamming the fire extinguisher into the screen. Uh, uh, Leon. This is, this is a fully grown, like massive mastiff not mastiff what kind of dog did you describe it as doberman dog like this is Mm -hmm. a big fucking dog like it's it's a dog it's a breed it's a breed specifically chosen because it is powerful and intimidating i shouldn't say the breed is automatically mean it's just like built and and appearance wise it's a strong dog it's a big you know it's a muscular dog and Claire just shows up out of nowhere and beats this dog to death. Like, yes. seemingly in <laughs> mid-pounce. Like, this dog, like, seemingly was already, like, ar- arcing through the air to kill Irons. And she just stops it. <laughs> with yeah. this fire extinguisher. And that, I was just like, fucking what? This this movie loves its, its deus ex machina, by which I mean women showing up out of nowhere to murder zombies uh, for guys who just ran out of ammo. Which, um, hey, it's <laughs> all about all about 
girl power <laughs> yeah you know it's 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 great also leon uh god bless him shows up uh points his gun at claire and is like drop your weapon um and irons is again just like the worst possible human being in this scenario and and like goes like shut the he's he's fucking john goodman and big lebowski to, to leon's <laughs> donnie right and and it's uh-huh. just like shut the fuck up leon like put your gun away <laughs> uh and 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 it's this at this point you know their their team is formed and they have to get out of here and uh claire's like we need guns where's your armory and they go to the armory and claire picks up a shotgun no leon picks up a shotgun and he doesn't know how to use it he's like trying to rack it and he's like i oh man i must be like stuck or jammed or something and claire just like takes it from him and racks it easily and loads it and is like what the fuck dude aren't you a cop yeah like, well, well leon leon starts that line of questions like I bet you think, you know, I bet you think it's pretty weird. I'm a cop, huh? And she's yeah. like, yeah, I was like, why would you? In the, 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 you t- <laughs> it's a life or death scenario. Do not give the other people on your survivor team less of an interest in uh, 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 thinking that you are uh, uh, a contribution and an asset to the team. Because yeah. if, it get, if the going gets tough, they might abandon you. So maybe fucking... Don't say shit like that. Yeah. You have a little bit of confidence in yourself, Leon. You're going to save the president's daughter later, okay? Yeah. All right? All right. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, they, man, they're like trying to find a way out. Uh, at one point, Leon visits the cells where we see conspiracy guy. He, he hears shouting downstairs from the armor. He's like, hey, hey, I need some help down here. And he's like, oh, right. We have we have holding cells. Also, like, there's a guy here in the holding cell. And it's like, fucking what? Like, all hell breaks loose. It's like, well, protect and serve my ass. Right. Um, this is pretty close to how he appears in the game. I will also say, uh, in the games, this is where you get your first glimpse of Mr. X um in the flesh and i was like bated breath like mr x mr x (laughs) sitting in my seat in the theater um that never happens which is fine i kind of expected that he's much more of like a gameplay mechanic than he is a important character to the narrative of resident evil uh but point being um whereas this guy normally dies via mr x instead they put a zombie in his cell with him uh so the same basic thing happens yeah except he's like stolen leon's gun and is like forcing leon to try and unlock the cage to get him out and right as like leon unlocks the door basically he gets pounced on and and frankly thank god that this this conspiracy theorist had like the trigger discipline not to like be shooting his gun wildly while being attacked by a zombie because i'm pretty sure it was like pointed at leon the whole time (laughs) which you stole a gun from a cop Right. You now have the you know you have the leverage in the situation and you're like let me out of this cell before this zombie kills me mm-hmm. to which i say you have a gun <laughs> point the gun at the zombie that could kill you and kill it first why is this so difficult to understand why is everyone in this movie so stupid <laughs> all right all right here's my interpretation of that uh, the conspiracy theorist knows that something's in the water and know that something's happening to people. He probably does not realize the danger, right? He has not yet seen a zombie. He doesn't know that these things are going to like get up and attack him. Mm. Um, I mean, he does. He does describe it as a muffin, and yeah, 
it does in the scene talk about how they he's like have you ever heard of the t-virus man it yeah mu- it mutates your dna and they've been putting it in the water. Blah, 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 he knows blah, that blah. much, but he doesn't like know what it mutates them into. I guess. Fine. Also, I guess. Also, I don't know. Also, also, I will say uh, this bit had like the only genuine laugh out of my uh, out of me and the whole movie, where like Leon goes, "Is that guy okay?" Like after he like coughs a bunch of blood onto the floor, and and like the the, the theorist is like. Yeah, no, man. He's he's totally fine. He's good. He's cuffed blood on the floor. What the fuck do you think? Like <laughs> like yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. God so, God bless Leon. Just so so Leon successfully unlocks the cell, uh but it's too late. Zombie jumps the conspiracy theorist dude. Conspiracy yeah. theorist gets his throat ripped out. He bleeds to death and dies. Um the zombie then turns its attention to Leon. Ben. Ben, ben is the the theorist. I was like, I know he has a name. Uh, um anyway. Yes, and the uh, the zombie turns its attention to Leon right before it can get its hands on Leon. Uh, Claire from off screen shoots it with the shotgun. Right, again, and, more more Deus Ex Machina, more yeah. ladies with guns coming to save these guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she but, picks up Leon's gun and hands it to him. <laughs> And is like, get your shit together. <laughs> I think she literally says those words. Yeah. And then uh, this is where the completely unbelievable character flip happens, where Jill then proceeds to ascend the staircase out of the holding cells and the zombie gets back up. Uh, and then Leon sighs turn because he hears it getting back up turns back around and just unloads probably half of his clip into the zombie while screaming not shouting this like kind of like angry roar at it and it's like okay there has been zero character growth justification here (laughs) you simply you simply for the purposes of the way the plot was heading, you need Leon, which Leon doesn't even, I guess he, he has a moment later, but like, there's no reason for Leon to ever like have to not be kind of the dim witted coward for the purposes of the narrative. Like he as like, we can assume that he can shoot a gun. Well, we can't really assume he can shoot a gun properly because he shot a guy in the ass, but I don't know. Like, I would assume he knows at the very least can can handle a firearm. I would hope like like you would you don't need him to become a badass in order for him to service his role in the plot. Right. I I mean he does eventually become a badass and it's okay to kind of hint at it like the growth happening in this moment, but yeah, it, it definitely it feels so disingenuous. In, yeah, it's it, but it's very binary too. It's just yeah. like he goes from being inept to fucking being this badass action star and i get that it's emotional right because this is like his first day on the job and it's a fucking zombie apocalypse and he's like what the fuck i didn't sign up for this i i i I sort of understand the point where like it might be wearing on him at this point but but still um I, i i still fully agree it's uh at this point that we go back to the orphanage and Jill, uh, uh, Claire, because we should clarify that because there is a, uh, a secret passageway. 
Was there a passageway that led the precinct to the orphanage, or did they yes. go... Okay, all right, I was making and, sure. And that is game canon, game accurate. Um, one, of, one of the more interesting reveals, because it, it has a lot to do with the plot of like how Umbrella has its hands in the pockets of police, the orphanage, everything in Raccoon City. Yes, like, the, the, I, the pillars of community, police, orphanage, pharmaceuticals. <laughs> Well, because they would like steal orphans to to test on, right? right? And and Irons knew about this and was like fully supportive of it and had his passage to and from to like be there for handoffs and security during during that whole process. Anyway, point being, uh, he knows about the passage. He gets them there. Is uh uh what Leon wanders off briefly while Irons and Claire are arguing about the like I don't know something about the orphanage. Claire obviously doesn't want to be there. Right. Because because well, one of the things we also didn't talk about is that Claire in her kind of vehicle uh, uh, interlude with Birkin, we then get some flashbacks of Claire was going to be uh, quote unquote adopted right. by herself. She, she was and, about to be sent down to the lab for experiment. Right, for experiment. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so she has you know bad bad associations with this this orphanage right um leon sees something crawling on the ceiling uh me long time resident evil fan was like <gasps> liquor liquor we're gonna get a liquor and also he like turns around and sees lisa in one of the rooms just staring at him uh so he's freaking out obviously this place is bad um he calls for them to to like join him so that they can look <laughs> at the weird lady in the room he calls before, for them he calls for them at while lisa holds up a finger to her mouth like shh and then points up at the ceiling like keep your fucking voice down to which leon responds with guys 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 (laughs) come over here um yeah and and so claire i think is probably looking for any opportunity to leave that conversation with with irons joins him irons catches up before he does gets liquored um scooped up by that thing's tongue pulled up into the ceiling we don't see what happens but his body drops down and is thoroughly uh eviscerated um actually kind of a wonderful effect uh that one is practical it seems when it when it shows up and it looks good i would say just covered in in lacerations from the liquor very interesting that that liquor I mean, I know it's it's a it's a enemy from the game, but I mean, it is one of the few game accurate things in the first Paul W. Sanderson movie. Uh, so, up until it mutates into his fan fiction version, yes, sure. Um, but it's funny to see it again in in this movie. Yeah, um, and I, I'd say it looks even better in this one. It moves just like them. For one, uh, it looks like the animations were ripped straight from the game. Uh, it's it's got like the same vibe and what all and and whatnot but anyway the important thing here uh is that lisa kicks its ass Mm -hmm. wwe smackdown style um she does not hesitate in in grappling with this fucking thing that is made of knives um with a prehensile tongue that can stab you to death right like it's it it lacerates that's what it's about that's what the liquor does and she just like full-on alligator wrestles this fucker uh and she until like she like snaps its jaw off basically yeah 
she has like you know also game accurate she has her wrist bound with like kind of like a, a wood plank kind of like an old school like stockade style thing and she uses that to kind of like strangle it and then plants the plank of wood like in its mouth and like does it to uses it to like break its jaw right uh which just kills it outright and cool i guess um, i mean i mean um, it got its one character kill so i guess like you established some amount of stakes with that enemy but it seemed really weird to shoehorn this this enemy character in just for it to be killed by another npc for lack yeah, of a better term and we haven't seen much of for this whole film and and frankly i i mean i'm only speaking from my experience so maybe I'm wrong, but like I don't feel like a ton of Resident Evil fans know who Lisa is. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's then she gives them. I, I have to say I, I also dig this. She gives Claire keys. Um, the keys are straight ripped from Resident Evil Two. Is like the ones you get to unlock various doors throughout the police station. They're like colored and shaped like uh, the the sweets in a deck of cards. Um, so the heart diamond uh, spade clover key um, they use one to open a secret passage in the orphanage that takes them down to the same secret lab that now everyone at the mansion is also heading down into so fi- our final act is all inside the secret lab and yeah. it, this is kind of a blur to me i remember them finding uh, a book that detailed like names of the kids they experimented on yeah uh, claire finds they- lisa trevor in it gets very emotional and tears up the book um most of the time the book is cgi not not the book in its pages but like what's on the pages it's pretty oh rough when you see her hand move towards it it's like it gets blurrier oh my god i didn't even pick up on that it's it's, (laughs) it did feel off to me it felt weird but i like was never able to describe why but now that you say that that kind of that explains like the uncanny valley feelings i had towards it i i had to think about it really hard for a while as to like why they did that and my theory is like they had one prop book for claire to rip up in that scene where she gets really emotional at it i guess and they were like, we can't make another prop book or something. Uh, we're just going to like see CGI the, the contents of these first few pages because the rest of them just have to look like records. And mm-hmm. the first ones have to be more like visual storytelling and have like photos scrapbooked into it. Yeah. Um, with handwriting notes and whatnot. And, and like it's it's bizarre. <laughs> Um, yeah. They also watch like <laughs> footage on an old projector. This fucking thing. They have this fucking film projector with like <laughs> eight millimeter on it. And they watch this footage. This footage tells them nothing. This footage it's... tells them absolutely nothing. This is like some fucking like senior it's... film students like thesis project. It is it is like a ripoff. It is like a film student's ripoff of the ring, right? Like like the bit in the ring where you watch that video and the footage is all just like weird and creepy. It makes no sense. Like a woman like combing her hair, eating hair, hair like pouring out of things, falling down a well, whatnot. It's just like all surreal shock imagery. It's yeah. like it's a young Lisa Trevor and her brother, I guess. Uh, and she's like plucking the wings off a dragonfly and then watching the dragonfly getting eaten by other bugs, ants, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, and- it's what the fuck (laughs) but like but the way it's cut is 
it's cut like it's a movie. It's not it's not shot like it's like oh this is like eight millimeter uh, film that right, wouldn't it's not, be it's, it's, yeah. It's not <laughs> shot like it's like it's like you know uh, scientific research or anything like authentic like uh, like it's going like there are cuts in it because it like shows like this and it's also like it's four by three and it's all has a shit ton of film grain and it's being projected on like this like bloody red wall like yeah. the, like like it doesn't have blood on it but it's like it's like it it feels like silent hill almost it's like just kind of like this weird like like slaughterhouse like rust colored yeah. yeah um and yeah so it like cuts between like the two siblings and like the brother plucking the wings off and then it's like the flies and the other bugs like descending on the corpse and eating it and then it just cuts to birkin like in the corner just like smiling and nodding and like writing <laughs> yeah. writing in birkin's a notebook like, yes yes <laughs> Slowly <laughs> torture that dragonfly. That's what we're here for. This is science. <laughs> he's writing in a notebook and not even looking at what he's writing. He's just like smiling and nodding. <laughs> it's like the most bizarre thing. And and Claire just like with c- crystal clear understanding is like they brought the children down here to experiment on them. And Lisa was one of the experiments, and she was their most successful one. It's like. Th- None of that information is conveyed in what you're watching right now. Yeah, I, I also like your emotion here does not match. It, it just, it, it, it didn't work. None of this I mean, worked. Well, when a conspiracy theorist is finally proven to be right, everything is just they're just they a, a reach nirvana. They're it's, just it's like, yeah, per you know perfectly at an equilibrium. They they I, have I, no. They must feel bad for like regular people, you know, like orgasms just can't compare. But, oh my god, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna get uh turned now to to um, fuck Wesker uh yeah. has cornered the Birkins, and, and he's like, "Give me your Birkenstocks." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh geez, they really missed out on not calling it that. Yeah. Um, he is. Yeah, he he's like, "Yo, you guys, I need that. I need those vials. I need your juice. Um, I need that goo. I've been hired." <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a professional goo thief yeah uh and, and william's like no this is my goo i've spent my whole life making this goo you cannot have any of it um william does the stupidest thing i guess you know you can't account a science to ha- a scientist to have like street smarts in this particular scenario or you know he's just like blinded by his passion for his goo yeah um you know you don't ever draw a weapon on a person who already has you like yeah, at, at the end of a barrel, but he has, yeah, he has William he tries to, to draw and it takes like five rounds to the chest for it. Yeah, uh, he, he in, does clip Wesker though. Right, right. Yeah, uh, Wesker's a little slow on the draw, I think, but um, in full view of his wife and child, though. Well, hold on. The important let me, let me, thing. Well, yes, yes. The, the Wesker murders this little girl's father in front of her, but also this fucker this this dad dragged his wife and child down to his evil science experiment <laughs> lab where there is a full-on desiccated corpse that is like full chest cavity open that's still alive via the t-virus and it's just like oh, moaning right. moaning in pain at, and like gesturing with its eyes over at the wife and child and right. it's like no one here's a good guy no one like <laughs> But Come uh on, honey, do you want to see dad's office? 
God. <laughs> yeah, it's take, it's take your kids to work day and experiment them. <laughs> experiment on them. An umbrella. Like. <laughs> the, um, the future is children, by which we mean we will turn them into super biomutant soldiers. Right. Um, uh, Birkin. So, uh, uh, oh, geez. Somehow his wife dies as well. Wesker shoots her. I forget yes. why exactly. Well, so, okay. So this is what happens. So they sh- he shoots... He he shoots uh, Birkin. Birkin falls to the ground. He's not dead, but he's you know obviously bleeding out. Um, they have uh, he has the the little like kind of pelican case or whatever full of the vials of the virus, which the vials just straight up say G virus on them. It's not like yep. spec- specimen number eight five one zero six. It's like G virus, um, and like a nicely designed label. Like they had fucking graphic designers come down and design the G virus la- uh, vial label. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So yeah, he goes down. He like gestures to his wife. It's like, put it G virus. Put it. Put it. Put. Give me the goo. Put the goo in me. Put the goo in me. And then at at which point, uh, the wife grabs the gun that Birkin had, stands up, spins around, tries to shoot Wesker, and sh- he just sh- shoots her straight in the head, just immediately yeah. dead. Um. um. There's a shot of their daughter in the other room, like covering her mouth, decent acting on this child's part. You don't get that from kids very often. Mm-hmm. Props to her, but she looks yeah. sufficiently terrified and and in shock. Uh, and then <laughs> like he's about to take the goo, and then like the kid's got a gun on him at this point. the The, the kid runs back in. Yeah. Picks up the gun and is like, now it is my turn to attempt to shoot at this man who has killed my family. <laughs> Surely it will work a third time. <laughs> and, and and Wesker at least has a bit of a conscience and is like not about to shoot this child. But um, does draw on the child at the very but least. Does, yes. Uh, and then we hear a gunshot. It is Jill Valentine. She has popped in behind uh, uh, Wesker and has stopped him from committing the ultimate crime uh for a third time it it is uh undeservedly sad i i guess like it's trying to be sad but does not earn this yeah um wesker being held by jill and and being really like you know like i'm sorry i'm sorry that i betrayed you all for money uh, I'm sorry that, you know, I didn't show any remorse up until this moment where I was dying in your arms. I'm sorry. Uh, I love money so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry that there was like an implied thing between us that is now just going to go nowhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a whole thing. Uh, it's fucking terrible. Um, point being, uh, 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 this 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 scene ends with Birkin apparently did get some virus in him, did get some goo in him, mm, and got that goo. is is now like twitching as as Chris and Jill take uh the 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 youngest Birkin the the Birkin daughter and and try and find a way out of this lab. Uh, they get attacked later by Mister Birkin. He is now sufficiently mutating he's got the fucked up left arm that he gets in the game it's like full of eyes oh, um, i hate i hate it oh oh, oh yeah it, it's it's a very distinct design from from that game that i i'm glad they they copied mostly uh he's 
he's strong now. His arm can like rip off a steel gate. Uh, he's like Chris tells Jill and the kid to go away. This is my fight or something. Or he's gonna like hold him off, which is all supposed to be like an emotional catharsis thing because Birkin was like a dad to Chris. Um, convinced him to join stars and, and all that. Um, Chris gets his shot at Birkin and Birkin's obviously just too strong right now. He's got all, he's got too many eyes. Uh, that's where all the strength in humans come from. It's in the eyes. Right. Um, and Jill, sorry, Claire, Claire and Leon show up at this point and Claire saves him. The, the fourth or fifth day of sex monkey you know, at this point. Um, he Birkin's downed on the ground. Claire's like about to kill him. And Birkin's like at this point, like, yeah, do it, do it. You know, you won't. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've, you're scared of me. I, I, I was like leader of the orphanage for years. You won't ever shoot me. Cause you're too, you're too chicken, you know? And like, then Chris like pops in. And and is like no Claire don't and, and I thought like it was gonna be like Chris trying I legitimately did think it was gonna be like Chris being like you know we can we can save him he's he's still like a dad to me I still love him he can't do it and, but it is legitimately like okay no Chris wants his own redemption he wants to he wants to be the one to blast Birkin in the eyeballs and does so yeah Bl- blows <laughs> Not- off like half his head. Right, not not before Birkin is 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 like uh, uh no don't you know <laughs> I guess he thinks Chris can because he's sexist or something I don't know uh yeah yeah this this father son relationship that had all of two minutes on screen <laughs> that we're supposed to feel anything for r- not really any on screen just like implied through like some lines Chris had. Like when sure. when when Claire is in his house and she sees the picture of them sitting next to get next to each other, and right. Chris is like, "Yeah, he put me through like police but, academy." But when when Birkin's stalking him in this final confrontation, <laughs> he's he's mentioning it. He's like, "Oh, you think I'd consider you a son?" Right, blah, right. Blah blah blah. Monologue, yeah. monologue, monologue. Evil guy. Final moments have to yeah. talk about. Yeah. Um, so they kill um, Birkin. Um, we now have Claire. Kill. Uh, we have Claire, we have Chris, we have Jill, we have Leon, and we have the Birkin child, Sherry. Um, yeah, Sherry. Yeah, and they all clamber into this giant fucking old school iron horse uh, freight train. Freight train that's underneath. So this is really weird because I thought the train conceit in the first uh, Resident Evil movie was spun completely from whole cloth. I did not know that that was also an aspect curved from the games. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really weird to once again, see a resident evil, the beginning of a resident evil franchise, assumedly uh, end with a fucking fight on a goddamn train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this is straight up how two ends for sure. Um, it's a little different actually because the the last boss fight for two depends on which story you're going through. Leon fights Mr. X, Claire fights um a a perfected Mr. Birkin. Basically the G virus is no longer just an arm but like his entire body, right? Uh and then you get on the train and like the last last thing you fight 
is a G-Virus Birkin run amok. So he's he's no longer very humanoid. He's like tentacles and a mouth. Um, what they get attacked by is much more like um, the penultimate Claire, Mr. Birkin boss with, with like, you know, not really much Birkin left. His face is in this thing's chest, but like that's it. Uh, so... Yeah, but he has like a weird, like almost cow skull head. The, right, the where the new head is, um, but it's still kind of humanoid. It's just like big and bulking, kind of like a kind of like a swamp thing, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, luckily, uh, Jill Valentine read the Resident Evil strategy guide and knows to shoot it all in the eyes. The eyes of the weak pot, weak points, <laughs> um, and that comes in handy because it sure does like slow him down. Long enough for Leon to find a rocket launcher? You know. Just, I think he says, like, ah, oh, I found it in first class. And it's just like, ah, ha, 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 ha. What? Shut <laughs> the fuck up, movie. You've earned nothing. You've earned nothing from me. It's it's real fucking weird. And, yeah, he just, like, in, in close quarters, this is still, like, a train-sized compartment with people in it, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's going to shoot a fucking rocket-propelled grenade at this thing and we don't even know if it's effective uh we do know for sure it will kill everyone else in the room at least in real life but whatever it's a video game movie it's gonna follow that video game logic they they blow it to smithereens um we're treated to a scene from the outskirts of raccoon city it's like the sunrise beautiful cow grazing in a pasture Jesus and the cow Christ. gets like lifted off by the aftershock of the explosion oh, that no, the lab not... sets off, right? Oh yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> um yeah. So this is really weird for me. Um okay, so so Birkin's dead, right, on the train. And uh-huh. we might have these out of order. I can't remember if the destruction of the lab happens first before the fight the final fight with Birkin or the Bir- the final Birkin fight happens before the destruction of the lab. But it doesn't really matter. Like those are kind of interchangeable. But the way, because they know, it's like, oh, the city's going to like be obliterated at 6 a.m. Like, that was communicated to Jill, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, or and, not, not Jill, but Wesker, and I think kind well, of I mean, fell Wesker through the grapevine. Co- yeah, Wesker communicated right, that to right, Jill, right, right, right. is what I mean. And so I was like, okay, like, Umbrella Corporation, Infinite Resources, like, are they going to drop, like a tactical nuke on the city and like glass it like how how does this how does this play out and again having no familiarity with how it plays out in the games i was like i was waiting for what was going to happen uh, but i assumed like some sort of like oh mushroom cloud explosion whatever yeah they first destroy the mansion and the mansion just kind of just gets swallowed up yep like Into it's the earth. like it's like it just kind of like does this thing where it like bubbles a little bit and then just like collapses in on itself. Um, what causes that? So the the explosion happens in the lab underneath the mansion, right? Okay. So if that explodes, you create a vacuum suddenly, and there's no support structure underneath the mansion. Okay. And so it collapses. So that makes sense for a single building. Yeah. How do they replicate that for an entire fucking city? Well, because the lab is supposed to be under the entire city, but also I guess they would just have to have planted explosives everywhere. Yeah, so you're telling me the they're city? like they're they like 
you're telling me that they have prepared like megatonnage of of high powered explosive underneath this entire <laughs> city to like blow it sky high at a moment's notice is that what you're telling me well yes <laughs> and and i will not fault the movie for this because this is this is classic resident evil silliness right like like this has been established since 1990 whenever the second game came out okay. or, or first or second yeah it, it, i i am not shocked or offended by that revelation just because like that that's well established that like umbrella is comical levels of supervillain evil and, and that's absolutely something they would do, right? Yeah. Like, like, like you know, I, I, I will, you know, because we're coming up on the end of the movie, I feel like we can move into this kind of talk. I think it's a common failing of the Resident Evils that they, they don't, like, tap into that silliness, I guess, enough. Um, This one kind of tried to, and right. I guess maybe the Paul W. Anderson ones do in, like, a much different way that just does not work at all i just think uh, that is a nigh on impossible thing to thread in a film like, yeah like yeah, having for sure ca- having your cake and eating it too in terms of like this is going to be like uh you know a a horror a, a movie rooted in horror that's also going to have some camp but camp in a very particular way in the in the very strange ways because like when movies, when horror movies are campy, it's normally in like the style of the killing, or you have um, a single character that kind of carries it. So, like an Evil Dead, right? Like yeah. Bruce Cam- Bruce Campbell is what makes that movie campy because it's the way he reacts to scenarios. He's Bruce and- Campy Bull, right? Yes, exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> um, I think in this movie they ultimately failed. I think they they restrained themselves in how much camp they did. Um. And it's hard for me to tell, maybe because I'm too close to the film, if if their restraint in uh, injecting camp, if that was a strength or a weakness. Yeah. Like, if this if this movie had less camp, would it be better? Or if it had more camp, would it be better? And, and it's hard. It's hard for me to 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 tell. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree because it's. It would be, it's a hard game to adapt, I guess, for that reason. Um, I think maybe one of the bigger failing points of this movie was trying to fit, like, even if the events of these games um, happen, run run alongside each other in parallel, um, trying to smoosh them into one movie, because mm-hmm. it's a lot of events, right? Uh happening in these games and and i I feel like it was not a lot of time to cover all of it yeah let's talk about the cow real quick because i know you referenced the cow and i we just need to fucking talk about this shot like when they destroy the town it is like alex is saying there is in the foreground this cow just like grazing on a pasture and then in the background you see like kind of raccoon city and it's kind of like down in this in this valley and then similar to how the mansion just kind of like bowled up and then collapsed they do it to the entire town, except it picks up a cow. Like the cow gets like kind of like he like levitates. It's an aftershock, right? Sure, but they, like it sends that, a whole cloud of dust and debris out, and and, it, and yeah, it straight up picks up a cow. Like, right, but it, it almost picks him up like the fucking like like the fucking scene in Watchmen right before the 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 
tentacle alien like gets teleported in new york and how everyone just starts levitating because of like the weird like fucked up things with physics that are happening like he's just yeah. kind of like the cow's just kind of getting picked up and then like it's swept <laughs> away like he was like caught in a twister or something and i'm like i don't think that's what happens when when bombs go off when you're subterranean <laughs> like miles wide at, you know explosive tunnels i, I mean get- whether it does or not it's really silly right like it, right. it's just it, it's out of place regardless yeah like i think it uh, again goes into like they weren't sure how campy to make this movie so they threw that part in it's like well like i mean maybe we can the room this and if people don't think this take this movie seriously then we'll just say ah it was a comedy the whole time see the cow we, we can ride the wave of irony and yeah <laughs> like right into the sunset uh, you know you see that in like how inept leon is and how quippy everyone kind of gets here and there uh jill sandwich itchy tasty um they're not afraid of the cheesiness of these games but they also like don't know how to use it right uh they can't have it run parallel to these scenes that are trying so hard to be slasher movie um without any real camp to them and 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 have it come away like you said like with its cake and eating it too uh, yeah yeah and and we should also stress this this bizarre end card that is like a typed up report on the raccoon city incident yeah which um uh, yeah sure again like fully game canon there is a raccoon city incident and that's what covers the first three games uh you know like umbrella has the whole report on it 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 makes up some story that happens later um but yeah like writing down like you know accidental outbreak of t-virus um city condemned uh quarantined and destroyed uh civilian survivors zero that's explicitly what they write like as our five main characters well four main characters also sherry birkin like walk out of the tunnel where the train uh the train has like derailed, derailed. Yeah. yeah i was trying to remember exactly what happened to it at the end there it didn't explode but it definitely got like lifted off of the rails and, and toppled and they're all walking out of it like they're the fucking expendables or guardians of the galaxy it's like just like this right. wide shot of them like having this heroic like walk towards the fucking camera and it's like stand by this, me starts playing like this is you know? this is this is completely <laughs> unearned and then cut the black title card resident evil and i'm like welcome to raccoon city and then i sat there because you know as much as i didn't like this movie and as much as i'm not super into uh resident evil like i i know enough to just be like well clearly wesker isn't dead yes and then i and then i sat there and i was like oh my god are they gonna fucking like like i'm putting together a team yeah post credit sequence are you fucking kidding me so yeah they they want their sequel they're setting it up ada wong wakes up uh wesker he's got fucked up eyes now because of reasons yeah he wakes up in a body bag he like sits upright and he's inside a body bag and he unzips himself from it right and he's like freaking out and and ada wong is talking to him from off screen until she shows up and he's like i can't see i can't see you know he's he's hand solo moments after being busted out of carbonite and and she like hands him sunglasses and I actually did not know this about Wesker. I, I knew that he like wore sunglasses, right? Because yeah. he's got something going on with his eyes. 
Mm-hmm. I guess he's, he needs them to see because he's like extra photosensitive. He's got special eyes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, she gives him sunglasses and that like calms him down. And like Im- immediate effects of just like, oh, I'm okay now. You know? <laughs> and, and, like, <laughs> There's oh. morphine injectors in the sunglasses. <laughs> well, now that I look cool, I guess it's okay. He uh, does it though. He looks so stupid in the sunglasses. <laughs> it's not something that communicates well into film. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Wesker and the games with his sunglasses, badass. This actor does not have the face for these sunglasses. I mean, they I like to, Tom. You got. They, they need to change like the shape of them or something to like yeah. better complement his 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 yeah. thick neck, like yeah, extremely muscly man. I like shape. I, I like Tom Hopper. Um, like you said, he was in Umbrella Academy. He also plays Sam Tarley's older brother in Game of Thrones. Like, all right. I, uh, who is unceremoniously burninated by uh, Daenerys. Um, right. I, uh, I think, you know, I think for what little the script had to hand to him, I think he, he, he did well enough with it. I like, I think he did like the Resident Evil one Wesker like mercenary, you know, special forces person turned super villain, whatever. Like, I think he, I think he did that as well as he could with what he was given. Um, but God, if they're going to like trot him out in a second movie wearing the the fucking Neo matrix, like full leather <laughs> trench coat, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I, I think I full on agree with you there. Um, he looked pretty good in like just a black turtleneck maybe with like the sleeves rolled up like that could work. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's the difference between doing full on, like I said, like, like, um, accuracy for accuracy, accuracy for accuracy's sake versus like adapting it to massage it better into film. Cause I mean, like Marvel does this all the time, right? It's like, there's so many like small little changes they make to just have it house itself better within the constructs of a film because like some of that shit just it just don't work it just don't work when you see it in live action so just fucking just work with the medium you got yeah then now did you see the the post credit scene that was leon picking up the phone was like what's that the president's daughter <laughs> and and like you know and then like you know we're gonna get a mid-credit scene after the end of that one which is like chris redfield like catching up with leon in a, in a diner or something and and chris is gonna be like oh hold on you know i gotta go i'm, I'm like gearing up for a mission they're gonna have me go down to louisiana something's happening like a bayou down there <laughs> like that they, they want they want the cinematic universe man I mean, fine. I mean, everyone does, right? It's just yeah. I don't think. I mean, this movie has barely made back its budget. It it was like a twenty five million dollar budget, and I think it's made like twenty four million when no you combine. Kidding. Yeah, when you combine domestic and international. So I mean, like, I don't really have high hopes for whatever it is. I want a post credit scene where it's Chris Redfield punching a boulder as like training. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I should absolutely have that. <laughs> Oh geez, uh, this is yeah. You you could tell um, everyone didn't expect much. I think from from this game, from this movie. Yeah, uh, which is which is a shame because it tries so much harder to be more respectable towards 
the the source material as opposed to the Paul Davis Anderson ones, which really don't give a shit and just made fucking just a fuck ton of money. Yeah, I I it's weird because I think people sort of universally understand Resident Evil as a film franchise now to be terrible. Um, And some people dig it and some don't. But like everyone, when they see a Resident Evil film, like I was telling people like, yeah, I've got to go see Resident Evil in theaters this week. And like the looks I got, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, are you okay? Like, (laughs) who hurts you? you? Do you need help? Like, (laughs) well, it's this guy named Dylan and he he hates me. Uh, yeah, and I had to explain, like, well, you know, it's like a different director and a different cast, and they're trying to be a little more respectful from what I can tell in the trailers. I have, like, some hope for this one. Uh, you know, I had to, like, run through that whole spiel because, like, people don't know that about this, right? And it's it's come together, and it looks like someone on this team deeply cared, and and basically no one else did. I I There's something to be said about the fact that yeah they got some some decent star power not exactly well-known names but but people who are known for doing well with what they've got and you know all the names are right the sequence of events is is mostly correct and and i got things out of it that i just could not from from mr anderson's version (sighs) i think this movie has convinced me that it's impossible to make a good video game movie. I think you're right. I think I... like if, <laughs> if, if this game that is so source accurate, like can't nail it. And obviously like there's so many other things that's that are, that are working against it, like the bad writing and whatever, but like, sure. I just, it's hard to tell how much of the bad writing comes from the fact that, uh, you know, you know the 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 poor quality of like what was written on the page versus like having to make these set pieces work together in a cohesive way and you have to hit these these markers and yeah i don't know i think i think my faith has thoroughly been shaken in their ever ever being a good video game movie and watching this and whatever i'm still gonna watch all these video game movies so who fuck cares (laughs) And yeah. now I I think I think I think the last bastion is probably that Super Mario Brothers movie. Like however that shakes out I think is really going to be the determining factor. Do you think if the Super Mario Brothers movie is is absolutely horrendous, how bad does it need to be for you to like quit attract mode altogether? I mean, that'd be hard because it's 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 animated, so it's like it it's kind of working on a different scale, a different metric. Uh so even if it's bad, it'll still be entertaining to an extent. And it'll be an easier watch than a truly horrendous live action <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. video game movie. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll nothing see. will... I mean, I'm committed. I'm pot committed to finishing out this, this saga. So I have no... I don't think there's going to be a single movie that will... Maybe Postal... But I think <laughs> oh, I think Jesus. Would, I think we have difficulty watching Postal for different reasons. Yeah, um, that's that's a that's a hard movie to get through in general. Doesn't matter if you're coming at it from any angle. Yeah, but that's that's Resident Evil colon Welcome to Raccoon City, Alex. Uh, this might be our longest episode to date. I'm oh not God. sure. I'm sorry. We had a, we I'm had so a lot sorry. to say about the the return 
of Resident Evil, the Returnal, the Resident Returnal Evil. <laughs> um, any final closing thoughts before we close out? Man, on a scale of the Resident Evil games, I give this a a Code Veronica out of <laughs> Resident Evil. Damn. Or, or you know, it's probably like a zero, maybe Resident Evil Zero. Mm. I don't know, man. It's I'll... it's a game that tried, but was just like not given enough. Uh, was was not seen as promising from the get go. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a uh, Umbrella Core uh, out of Resident Evil. That's kind of yeah. Kinda... That's fair. That's <laughs> where I'm gonna put it in my head. Um. Yeah, but that's that's Resident Evil. Uh, this will probably be our final uh, episode for the year 2021, uh, just because we got a bunch of other stuff happening. Uh, we got we got the best games played over happening over award cast. If you want to go check that stuff out, but you want to hear me talk about something good in the Resident Evil world? <laughs> I, I I got things to say about eight. That's a well, standout game right there. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, so just have this uh have this extra long episode tied you over for the rest of the year um but next time when we come back you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the new year alex uh you want to hear what our first movie is going to be what you got we got shenmue colon the movie oh hell yeah so i humor me humor me I, i have a quick question is that just the game like recorded Yes, I believe it is. That game is like eighty percent cutscene. I believe it actually is. I believe it is a DVD that they included. Are you joking? It is a DVD they included in the second for the second game. Um, that is just kind of highlights of events that transpired in the first game, so people would be caught up for the riveting second second act in Shenmue Two. You poor poor soul. Um, well, you call me a poor soul, but the thing is, I have this list of movies that you wanted to be a part of, and Shenmue the movie is one of the highlighted films that you said you wanted to be included on. Yeah, when I said you poor, poor soul, I was referring to me. Oh, (laughs) okay, well. (laughs) Like, Alex, you you utter buffoon. (laughs) What have you done to yourself? (laughs) You can catch us, poor souls, utter buffoons, and otherwise, next time on Attract Mode.